Anthony, question, answer. Are you going to be talking today on this podcast? No, I will not. Okay. So why are you here? <laughs> Let's uh, break this down. Why are you here? Who invited so you? Lumberjake. I'm just going to keep putting over my uh, Zubaz promo code, Retro20. <laughs> that is Retro20 well, for 20% off your purchase. It's going to be tough when you never get those graphics to advertise it. That's what he's really here for, <laughs> is to get that promotion in there. Yeah. Well, whatever, because it will probably bump up the numbers for our podcast as well. Our yes, our it will benefit more than you will. I yeah. doubt it, because nobody <laughs> gives a fuck about Anthony Green. Well, we gotta. <coughs> oh, Jesus <coughs> Christ! <coughs> you gotta get it up. <coughs> get it going. <coughs> this is a new year, and we just <coughs> new year, new us. Old shit. New year, same us. <laughs> same old shit. <laughs> oh, I getting too old out. for this shit. Yeah, yeah. he just got a new mustache. Hell yeah. yeah! They call it the flavor saver. <laughs> no one calls it that. <laughs> I call it the flavor <laughs> So just you. Yeah. It'll catch on. <laughs> Best in show. Are we are we are we recording? Oh yes we are, oh. Lumberjay. Welcome to Three Way Theater Presents Best, Best in, in show. show. I'm Mike Pava. I'm Lumberjake. And I'm JC. And we review pro wrestling pay per views and we cast our ballots and try to decide what the best match on the card was. Is, the, is it a five-star classic? Oh, or Ooh. is it a uh, match of the night? Oh. You never know. We'll find out here on the Best in Show. <laughs> so, and as <laughs> always, sorry, Lumberjake, <laughs> as always, on this program. Not We're joined by a guest. Yes, we have a guest. Yeah. <clears throat> Making his return. Whether you've heard him or not. <laughs> here is the retrosexual... Anthony Green. Hey, guys. Oh. <laughs> oh. It, it is a new year and oh. new Anthony Green. Are you, do, really is, yeah. are, you doing a, are you doing a character right now? No, not at all. That's actually. just how he is. So you're old timid Anthony Green. All right. You're the retrosexual now, right? Yep, and today I'm going to give you guys a double shot. So what kind of sexual were you the last time you were on Best in Show? I would say I was a metrosexual. <laughs> I'm right. disagree. pretty disagree. Um, I don't know. I don't know. A quiet sexual. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. I don't get the reference, but I'm just going to go with it. I like it. He was more flexible. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Edit that out. It's 2017. <laughs> it's Hold it's 2017 then. It's actually uh, 2018. It was 2017 then. then. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Ooh, already off the rails. Yeah, All right. Well. Well. You know, I mean, if there's anything that we can guarantee, it's that we'll be off the rails oh, yeah. in no time. And we are going to celebrate this amazing January season by reviewing Beach Blast 1993. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. Snow on the ground, but uh -huh. we're watching a show featuring a lot of sand. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There was a lot of sand. There was a, a lot of sand. Of sandbags. Sand. Do you think uh, Time Warner just had the sand left over from the year before? Like they just bring out the they sand. They acquired Gilligan's Island and they just took all the sand they had left over on the old. Lot. I used to watch reruns of Gilligan's Islands on TBS all the time. Me too. Gilligan's Island. It's a great show. Great show. Let's have review you, that instead. Have you ever <laughs> seen the movie? Which one? The Gilligan's Island movie. There, there was a couple the of them. Where they got off the island. There was they, a couple all, like, of them. Way older too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was also the Harlem Globetrotters movie. That was that was one of them. Yeah, classic. Ag's the wrestling equivalent of the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> oh, right. I'm not sure, what that means. I that, I love that. That's yeah. great. Forget the retrosexual. Yeah. My new moniker. You're the Harlem yeah. Globetrotter of wrestling. Of wrestling. Of wrestling. So speaking of wrestling. We're reviewing Beach Blast 93. This was uh, Lumberjake's pick here. I got to ask you right off the top, why did you pick this event? Well, here you, I'm a completionist, and we reviewed Beach Blast 92. He's also a creationist. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a flat earther. Um, <laughs> and and uh, I would like to finish off our Beach Blast series by doing Beach Blast 93, the final Beach Blast. So we started with Beach Blast 92. Yep, and we've come all the way to Beach Blast 93. We've yes. done it, boys. We've all right. It. Woo. Wow. All right. Um, it's uh, Beach Blast 93, a day at the beach, a night for revenge. And um, that mini movie, we watched that right before uh, recording right now. Right. What do you guys think of the mini movie? I love everything about that mini movie. That mini movie was just everything you could hope for. It's cheesy. It's silly. It, well, let's it, explain the mini movie for those who don't know. There's a little bit cut off at the very beginning where there was a press conference that the Masters of the Powerbomb, Sid and Vader, held with Colonel Robert Parker and Harley Race. And they were saying, we want Sting and Bulldog to retire rather than wrestle us. So they want Sting and Bulldog to retire. And Sting and Bulldog did not show up to the press conference, leading to the Masters of the Powerbomb getting on a fucking boat and going to an island where Sting and Davy Boy Smith are playing volleyball, volleyball with a huge group of what I can only assume are uh, abandoned orphans. Orphans. They're definitely yeah, orphans. They're right. They are definitely orphans. Um, I know they may or may not live on the island. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. It was a very uh, Lord of the Flies scenario. Swiss, it's the Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> right. Well, you know, Davy Boy and Sting, they hop in their their boat and they travel from island to island to Just find orphans. For lost orphans. Yeah. yeah. They set up the volleyball net and they're like, let's rock. That is a TV show waiting to happen. <laughs> well, you know, they had Thunder in Paradise. Is it really too much of a stretch to go to the superheroes? Because that's what they're billed as no, at this pay-per-view. They should use the same boat from thunder in paradise because that was the boat right thunder was the boat yes that's true that's true but i mean that could easily be a spin-off <laughs> i would, I would love it. a crossover i would watch it to be fair if they were going to be on any boat i'd hope they'd be on the love boat Ooh. all yeah, right they had the little person or the everything. uss and hey, the little person is named cheatham so yes. call him by his he name has a real name i thought it was John. His name is John. Well, that was him yeah, undercover. Here. He's not going to go up to the little kids and say, cheat him. <laughs> He's gonna he says, I'm Jaws. And they were like, that movie came out years before we were born. <laughs> By then, they had already gone to uh, Jaws 4 in love. <laughs> so, you know. Jaws, speaking of. Jaws falls in love. Oh, of, shit's my best one. Speaking of Revenge of the Nerds, Eric Bischoff on this show looked like Lewis from Revenge of the Nerds <laughs> in Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. <laughs> I can totally get on board with that. But this mini movie, 
This mini movie cost eighty thousand dollars. Wow, what? that's a bargain. If you 80, ask me. Thousand. Every penny dollars. went into this movie. Did you see some of those? The CGI. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, C- the effects, those camera angles, those Dutch angles they kept those on. Those Dutch like, tilts and stuff. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they hired Kenneth Branagh to be like the the director for something like that. It's really classy. I can also I would throw out there as a theory that the two little girls who got talked to by Sting and Davy Boy were definitely like the children of producers. They're like, yeah. oh, put our kids in there. Yeah. And because those fucking kids couldn't spit out a goddamn line. That was clearly WCW executive producer Craig Leather. Craig Leather, Leather, Yellow Leather. Craig, Craig Leather, Leather, Yellow Leather. Craig Leather, Yellow Leather. Craig Leather, Yellow Leather. I love this movie. I, I hadn't seen it in a few years. Davy Boy Smith saves Sting from Cheatham. By, cl- by clotheslining him. <laughs> clotheslining him and popping out of the water. Holding hands. You're lucky they didn't body slam the volleyball. These guys only know wrestling moves. Well of course said. he's going to clothesline and stay away. They good at volleyball. They did. Well, I, who said that Davey Boy was actually great at volleyball? You didn't expect that. Yeah, yeah. Do you see a spike? Yeah. A pile driver? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I love that Davey Boy Smith, it answers the question. He's been years traveling around from Island Island. That's why his hair was braided in 92. <laughs> That's when he first started searching, yeah. I gotta say, and I mentioned it while we were watching, Colonel Robert Parker is the perfect movie villain. He fit perfectly in this whole thing. <sighs> Colonel Robert Parker looks so fucking old. Can I just say? I disagree. I thought he looked great. I mean, he always looks great, obviously. He's one of those guys like Arn Anderson that never ages. Like, they just always stay old. Um, Colonel Robert Parker was 42 here. I totally could buy that. 42. I, I think he looks great. To put into perspective, AJ Styles is 40. <laughs> now, yeah. But like I just Wrap said. Wrap your head around that. He's just like Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson was perpetually 40, and he, like, even in his 20s, right. he looked like a 40-year-old man. Yeah. Like, some people just don't really age. Harley Race, too, always very old. Yeah, well, until we saw him at the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> Still commands a lot of respect, though. Oh, absolutely. He got that standing O. So, the mini-movie, terrible. Five awesome. stars. Five stars. <laughs> Five-star classic. That, if you want to know be- best in show, it was that goddamn mini-movie. <laughs> like, podcast over. So, we get one of the best 90s intros ever to start off this show. Which was the, what I loved is because they use that cable access production music, and it's the <laughs> same from Beach Blast 92. Is it? Yeah, it oh, absolutely classic. is. Because if you listen to our best in show of Beach Blast 92, featuring award-winning guest star Rudy Patello, uh, our outro music was the same song. So, so that's going to be our outro music for this show. Absolutely. Of course. Sure. Of course. So, because we're completionists. So... Before we start this show, before we get into the show, really, there's something um, I want to do. Okay. There is uh, one thing throughout this entire show that stood out to me, and that is the fantastic theme songs throughout this whole show. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what I want to do is have a little game. A game. I, I'm going to oh. do my classic spoken word. To the themes from WCW Slam Jam. I have nine themes, and I want you guys to guess who the person, like who the theme is for, and a bonus point if you can name the theme. All right. All right. This is going to be fun. Okay. It's time for Lumberjigs, the music quiz. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mikey's uh, own special yeah. Lumberjake theme song. Different every time. Okay. So 
Uh, I'm going to have you guys raise your hand. All right, we're raising we're going, hands. We're going classroom rules. Wait, okay. <laughs> classroom rules. All right. Put, put, your, put your hand, hand down. down. Okay, everyone put... You wouldn't know it because okay. he hasn't said anything in a few you minutes. You also wouldn't know it because uh, this isn't a visual medium. Well, everyone, it could be if Mike Pava would let it. Everyone, no. I'll announce who did it. Um, everyone put your hand on the table. God damn it. Yes, family feud S- rules. Please, is it family Simon feud rules or classroom rules? Family feud classroom. <laughs> Seven up, heads up. Okay. Oh, I love that game. Classic. Okay. Get in the ring, chump, and that's thump. A couple of blows, and I'm going to put you on your rump. Chop, chop, bam, and the left, right, left. Then the kick, then the pin to the one, two, three. Then it's over with. So give the bell a whack, and I'm going to put this man on his back. Because I'm, when I'm in the ring, I'm a wrestling nightmare. Straight from Georgia, and I don't... JC. Ron Simmons. Correct. Nice. Do you have a guess for what the name of the song is called? No. Can I guess? Can I get the bonus point? Talking to the mic. Uh, AG, raised his hand first. God damn okay. it. <laughs> is it called The All-American? It is not. Damn it. Mike Pava? Is it called Don't Mess With Ron? It is Don't Step to Ron. God! Oh, wow. Sorry. Wow, Mikey. Straight from Son Georgia. And if you don't think I'm hard, then I'm going to put on my trunks and then let's go to war. <sighs> I had thought it was Ron Simmons. And once you said Georgia, I immediately knew. Okay. Everyone hands on the table. Comes through the curtain, stepping right on time. AG. Rick Rude, Simply Ravishing. That is correct. Two points for Anthony. Damn. Nice. Comes through the curtain, stepping right on time. Girls won't admit it. But, but they, they know, know he's, he's fine. fine. <laughs> Got something to say, so, so listen, listen up close. close. There he goes, there he goes, taking off his robe. robe. His body's chiseled, abs all in a row. You'd think he was sculpted by, by Michelangelo. Michelangelo. That's correct. Nice. Good going, Anthony. Okay. Didn't have easy shoes to fill, but he had to do it his own way. He did it with courage, strong will, but look at him today. Hey, uh, Mike Pava. The Natural, Dustin Rhodes. That's correct. Nice. And that was both points because uh, the name of the song is The Natural. All right. Yeah. Good job. Uh, but look at him today. He's walking out of the shadow and blazing his own trail. He told them from the beginning, Daddy, I'll never fail. Man, okay. he really let him down. <laughs> <laughs> he throws caution to the wind, doesn't care about himself. He'd really be a fool to think he cares about someone else. JC. Too Cold Scorpio? Incorrect. He was not on the Slam Jam album. Oh. He ain't much for keeping action in the ring, because broken bones on a concrete floor are really more his thing. Mike Pava. Uh, Cactus Jack? Correct. Name um, of the song? Um, uh, truth or Consequences. Incorrect. <laughs> Anyone else a guess for the theme? Chitty, okay. chitty, bang, bang. Um, the name of the song is Mr. Bang, bang. Oh, oh. I should have um, known that. He ain't Mr. on a, bang, bang. He ain't on a team or a member of a gang. He's Cactus Jack, or better known as, as Mr. Mr. Bang, bang Bang. God damn it. Okay. So that brings us two points for Mike Pava, two points for Anthony, one point for Jason. No, I should have... Three points for Mike Pava. <laughs> I should have th- th- four at this point. No, Why three. do you have four? You did The Natural and Dustin Rhodes, and you got Cactus Jack. But that's you didn't points. get the name of Cactus Jack's song. So that's three. So that's three. Three, two, one. Blast off. Yeah. JC got Ron Simmons. AG got uh, Simply Ravishing. Yeah, I'm on. Dustin Rhodes. Mr. Bang Bang. Okay. All right. Hand on the desk, Mike Taylor. Damn it. He's big and tall, lean and mean, rough as Texas fighting machine. He likes to beat people up and he likes to have fun. You know I'm talking about. AG. Is it 
Barry Windham? Correct. All right. Um, What's the name of the song? Texas Made. Incorrect. Anyone? Take a guess. The name of the song is Smokin'. Um, Smokin'! (laughs) Everyone's hands on the table. God, I hate this stupid (laughs) rule. He's got values. He's a family man. Loves his wife and son and does the best he can. Only wrestler, not hard to understand. J.C. Marks. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat? Correct. That's what I was going to say. The Dragon? Correct. Oh! Oh! Shit. (laughs) I did not know what I was saying. Brings J.C. to three points. (laughs) Mike Cave at three points. Wow. A.G., you're standing at, is it uh, three points? Oh, three? Yeah, you got Barry Windham. Right. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, three, three, three. When it come, who can be in the sports world when a man's only fantasy is the same girl? Fame and fortune, the title he's won. The biggest smile is for his son, Ricky Steamboat. Oh. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's still just going. <laughs> I thought, I thought we <laughs> only in high school it was easy to see. Next stop, Michigan University. A.G. Steiner Brothers. Correct. Steinerized? Damn Correct. It. Damn, Damn it. Damn it. Mm. That brings AG to five points. Son of a bitch. Um, excelled in wrestling All-American. Liked it so much they went back and did it again. They take on our covers no matter what size. There won't be any questions when you get Steinerized. I was really nervous because I remember listening to the old Colt Cabana show. Yep. And uh, it was, they th- he thought it was Steiner Line. Right. Yes. Common Same. Misconception. Same. I always thought it was yeah. that too. Okay. He does this. He does that. Oh. Mike Pava. Sting. Okay. Uh, Sting. Incorrect. AG? Man called Sting. Correct. Son Ooh. of a bitch. Son of a bitch. AG has six points. Mike Pava. I'm the Pava. son of a son and a son of a gun. Four. AG, uh, JC with three. Started wrestling when I was just a kid. Wanted to form a tag team. That's just what uh, he did. The first one to join was just 16. His name was Terry and they exploded on the scene. And I'm a f- <laughs> Mike Pava. Um, uh, the, um, mm-hmm. the fabulous Freebird. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, it's it's Bad Street USA. Incorrect. <laughs> JC. The other one. Oh fuck. Um, Ag. Is it Freebird? Wait, Road? didn't even let me give. You didn't let me do an answer. Whatever. Freebird. Road? It's not Freebird Road. Um, yeah. JC Marks. Free free fallen. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just finish the uh, lyrics. And they exploded on the scene. And I'm a free bird forever. You can't change me. No, not never. That's something you just can't take away from me. I'm a free bird forever, and I'll always fly free. It was a free bird forever nice. by Michael Hayes. So the Anthony Green. All right. All right. Yeah. Good job, guest star. You know what I mean? H-I-S, baby. Hustle in silence. Uh, you don't get anything for winning. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> just, just for fun. Yeah, just for kicks and giggles. You turned your microphone off, Mike Pava. Hey. Mike, Mikey's so upset about the trivia <laughs> contest. <laughs> hey I actually thought Mikey was going to win. <laughs> yeah, the, if there was one more, I would have. <laughs> it was a close. It was a close battle. That yeah. was great. How how terrible were those lyrics? That has been Lumberjake's theme song game. Ba da 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Ricky Steamboat. His lyrics. I'm going to need to make dreadful. a supercut of all of your uh, <laughs> special theme songs for Lumby. Okay. Let's dive into Beach Blast. Let's go to Beach Blast. Uh, there's $33 drawn for the house, 86,000 fans. 8,600, excuse me. That's way too much. 8,600 fans. 
Um, last year was in Mobile, Mobile, Alabama. Now we're in Biloxi, Biloxi, Mississippi. Nothing yeah. says beach blast like Biloxi, though. If you know what I mean. You, know, Mike. Um, you mentioned that house. So four thousand were paid. Yes, forty six hundred freebies. Four thousand six hundred fans free to get in. Yes, a um, a cas- more than half. A casino bought a huge amount of tickets for uh, giveaways. So they so the casino bought the tickets and then gave them away. For like just you know whatever. So like all the high, like so that's like a it reminds me of like a the WrestleMania at Trump um, yeah right. Plaza where it's like you know are they actually wrestling fans and I think it happened again at WrestleMania nine at Caesar's Palace where you know people are just getting comped because they're at the casino yeah. right but even so I thought this crowd was pretty hot for the show they were yeah. pretty into they seemed in, they at seemed some points like oh at some points when they gave them something to be hot about <laughs> right right right. Um, Missy fucking Hyatt. Guys. Oh my god, mm. Missy Hyatt. Oh, shit. Ninety three, Missy Hyatt. I guess that must be her peak, right? Was, oh, I thought ninety two was her peak, and then ninety three <laughs> happened. <laughs> she was amazing. She looked amazing. Um, and, real quick, is this the first time anybody's seen this? Um, I've seen it before. I believe I've seen it, but I can't remember watching it all the way through before. Um, I've yeah. seen it from Turner Home Video, so it was one of those cut-down versions. Okay. So yes. it was only like a two-hour broadcast, so there's like 50 minutes missing from yeah, the Yeah, I can tell I you actually I what was cut out from I definitely have the VHS of this. Uh, Ron Simmons versus Paul Orndorff, Bagwell and Scorpio versus Tex and Shanghai, Stephen Regal and Eric Watts, all cut for time. All smart cuts. Wow. <laughs> all very smart cuts. Also, um... I checked out the card for the Clash of the Champions leading up to this show. Okay, and I just wanted to take a um, just a just who would have rather watched the Clash of Champions with this, knowing this is the card: Ron Simmons versus Dick Slater, Stephen Regal versus Marcus Bagwell, Barry Windham versus Two Cold Scorpio, Sting, Davy Boy, and Dustin Rhodes versus Rick Rude, Sid, and Vader, and the Hollywood Blondes versus Ric Flair and Arn Anderson in the best two out of three falls. God match. damn it! <laughs> yeah, Clash Sol- of the Champions. Scorpio and Wyndham had me sold right there. Yeah, right. Even uh, who who worked uh, Dirty Dick? Uh, Ron Simmons. Yeah, yep. I'm all yeah. Like Clash of the Champions all the way. I wish. <laughs> let's stop the podcast right now. Watch Clash of the Champions. Watch Clash of the Champions, all right. and then just do that show. So. Um, the show, we cut to Tony Schiavone with his uh, zinc oxide on his face, the orange shit all over his nose. And there's one thing I notice. There's a fan behind him. And she really stood out. And uh, I'm showing the picture now to the other guys. There's a woman who's wearing a sports coat and just a bra. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> just, mm-hmm. a, just a bra. Just a woman wearing dark glasses. Looks like maybe her mid-40s. Yeah. It's 93, brother. It's 93 in Biloxi. I'm surprised we didn't see more yeah, of that. Yeah, possibly a bathing suit. All she right. thought it was like a. everyone's going to wear a bathing well, suit. I did want to give props to some of the fans in the crowd. I did not catch that lovely lady, but um, there was uh, a very excited fan. I especially noticed him during Orndoff and uh, Simmons, where he had his goggles, he had his white <laughs> sunscreen on his nose, and he was screaming, screaming, WC, <laughs> He was so, like, there. you don't get that type of enthusiasm today with sports entertainment. Um, yeah. When I went to Raw in December, it was the first time I've gone to TV in like six or seven years, and 
everybody was just so calm. I feel like, I feel like that's also a Northeast thing sometimes. I've been to the, I know, because I was going to shows, I remember King of the Ring 97 was crazy. Okay, at it Pacific was 97, State. all right. But, I'm, but that's what I'm that saying, it's just... changed. Like, during the, the commercial segments for Raw, they just turn the arena black, they turn all the lights off. So you were just subdued, sitting there waiting patiently to come back from break to jump up and cheer now yeah but but the thing is is that when they come the lights come back on and everything else they're not like they're just kind of like they're clapping and they're having fun but like to see how rabid some of these fans were sitting in biloxi mississippi in 93 it made me miss like just how excited fans could be it made me excited to watch it even though the matches tried to prove me otherwise like it got me into it watching them i think you only see that at wrestlemania now I think that's the only time you really see that kind of yeah. But even emotion. that's even that's tough because if you got a hundred thousand fans in the building, it it doesn't look like they're all going crazy. Even though I know I've seen videos of like these fan videos of people up in the bleachers and the in the nosebleeds and they're going fucking crazy at WrestleMania. When you look at it on TV, those first eight rows, you see people having fun, but like just just look like a sea of nothing behind. So. By the way, Ag, how old are you when this show happened? I was not born yet. Okay. <laughs> I was born a month later. All right. A month later, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> so you did not watch this live? No. <laughs> I mean, I watched it a year later because I had only really started, like, I mean, started watching WCW, like, in 94, and I got a bunch of those Turner Home Movie, like, versions of the shows. Um, Jesse Ventura gets a special entrance during this show. This isn't the first time he's going to No. Special, yeah. Right. You got one again last, you got uh-huh. one last year, too. Sure did. He's Jesse. Why? Yeah, let so him. he's like he's, he's walked to the ring by what looks like Jan Hooks and both of the Glamour Girls <laughs> merged into one. I actually wrote that down as a note. Like, how awkward and long was that walk to the ring? Yeah, yeah, just went all the way down the aisle and then like down the thing, and then the girls didn't know if they were supposed to follow him to the table. Like yeah, and, and the two other were just trailing behind. Back. And then and then Tony Tony Schiavone says, "Why don't we keep the ladies and send Jesse back?" <laughs> and the crowd the crowd mic was on and they popped. Yeah, that's funny. That was my first note, is that it's amazing to also watch how much time is wasted. You would never see that, even though Raws are running three hours nowadays. You would never see such wasted time (laughs) of, like, Jesse strolling to the ring, the ring girls, where do I go? Like, just waiting. Like, let's wait for Jesse Ventura. Because now everything is so micromanaged. You have one guy, like, immediately ushering the other people to the back around, like, the backside so they're not on camera. I think it just made me very wistful between the excited fans and the incredible wastes of time. Like, that's pro wrestling. Like, that's, that's what I remember. Those poor girls had to sit up on that stage for the entire goddamn show. Yeah, hey, they hey. were out there for the end. Let, let's not feel too bad for them. They got paid shit, and they probably got raped in the locker room. <laughs> so really, who? Yeah. Like who really won out on that one? The girls did fine. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! What did I just agree to? <laughs> I was just like, sorry, yeah, lover, yeah, well, Jake. <laughs> so our opening contest is Paul Orndorff versus Ron Simmons, which on paper made me go ugh. <laughs> and how did it make you feel when you watched it? I didn't mind it. All right. So I wish that uh, we had just fast-forwarded a couple years later to the other Mr. Wonderful song, which is my, one yeah, of my I favorites. Yeah, actually, I actually I, wrote that down two years away from Paul Orndorff's Mr. Wonderful but music. But this music is really good. Yeah. I think this is very underrated. But like, there's something about For Mr. Stop. Wonderful. Yeah. 
completely different thing. And though. Ron Simmons came out to his uh, aforementioned Don't Step yep. Ron doing the classic 90s hand-waving dance. Um, the white hey people ho love dance. waving their hands <laughs> In the air forth. like they don't like, care. You're doing yeah. it right now, and yeah. it just yeah. makes yeah. me yeah. want to... We're all, do all yeah. doing it. Hey. You're doing it at oh. home right now. Hey. Oh, no, put your hands on the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> We're driving also. No. <laughs> we didn't mention that. If Orndorff loses... Uh, by disqualification, he loses the title. Yes. Uh, so was there a rivalry building up to this to create the stipulation? Yeah, the um, Paul Orndorff had defeated, uh, or he lost to Scorpio and Ricky Steamboat by disqualification intentionally, which led to them giving this stipulation. And also at Clash of the Champions, it was supposed to be Ron Simmons versus Paul Orndorff, but Paul Orndorff had an injured groin. So that prevented that match from happening. So we got Ron Simmons versus Dick Slater. Could we blame one of those beautiful ring girls for that? For the yes, groin for the groin. <laughs> yeah, she pulled his groin. <laughs> um, I did want to make note what a fall from grace for poor Ron Simmons. Uh, yeah, he was champion not too long before this. World champion in 92, opening for the TV title in Jani- July 93. Well, in between us doing Beach Blast 92 and now doing Beach Blast 93, when we did Beach Blast 92, he was just about to become champion. Right. Yes. Now we're after that and... It was less than a year. He's curtain jerking in the opener. Yeah, yeah. I saw uh, the rise, and you guys are looking at the fall. Ron Simmons <laughs> had pinned uh, Mr. Wonderful and Worldwide, but it was after the time limit had expired. So he had gotten a victory over Paul Orndorff already. Did uh, anybody notice the sign in the crowd that they showed a couple times that said, What's up with that butt tape? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. Let me bring up the picture right here. With a picture of Paul Orndorff. <laughs> a picture of Paul Orndorff. We will have these pictures on threewaytheater.com yes. and our Facebook page as well, What's so you can take a look. But tape what? Paul. What's <laughs> what is up with tape. that butt tape? What I mean, is butt tape? It's anything but tape. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Um, I did also want to give WCW props for the Paula merchandise. I that was love great. the Paula, Paula gimmick. I yeah. love the whole. It's. I mean, it's. Oh, it's. It's thing. easy. It's heat. Easy. Heat. That's exactly. But I feel what like I it's have. a missed opportunity for the cool Paula pennants. <laughs> well, we're gonna debut those during the 2018 NCWC. Yes. When uh, I went to uh, Killer Kowalski show when I was much younger, humble brag. I was like, I'm just, I'm just eight kidding. Years old. I'm kidding. Brag. Go. <laughs> Uh, but there was this guy, and the announcer said, please do not call him Percy. Whatever Percy is short for, I don't know. Fucking Percival. Percival. Sure, yeah, whatever. Everyone answers. <laughs> <laughs> Percival's not even a real word. Titular. But, uh, yeah, what the, the fuck g- moment this year? Mikey doesn't know Percival. <laughs> <laughs> well, Percy, Percy sounds so much better. Why don't you just name me Percy? <laughs> oh, fair enough. You're yeah. right. Yeah, Percival Jackson, that's stupid. Pringle. So you yeah, were you were saying Pringle. something? I just, I, oh. yeah, I was saying. No, Chaotic, no. eight years old. He just tra- he just trailed off, and I was imagining that. Killer I was trailed off. You guys were completely cut me out. Steamroll. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ricky Steamroll. I just remember that. Yeah. As a kid, right. and thinking how uh, I also uh, went up to him and got his autograph, and I was scared because I thought he was going to be mean, and he was. Really and remember nice. you <laughs> for calling him Paul. Yeah, but he was really nice. Or Percival. It just Percival. amazes me because Percy. it's very unlike WCW to capitalize in merchandise. <laughs> yeah, right? Something there was so much Paula merchandise. There was T-shirts and pennants <laughs> and fucking tigers. Oh my! There was so much of it. I had to believe that WCW didn't sell it, and somebody was selling it out in the parking lot <laughs> Earl and <Hedner>. making a <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, how do you guys feel about Paul Orndorff wearing his belt over his robe? I did not like that. It, like Ric Flair would do the unveil with the robe, and you could see the title. Paul Orndorff just wore the right over his fucking. It was like the belt to his robe, keeping his robe shut. Yeah, 
Um, I don't really have much to say about this match. I mean, it was. I felt it was sloppy at times. I felt, you know. I honestly, I wrote down this is the fourth match. Uh, Paulo Orndorff had won the title in a tournament when Scott Steiner had left the company for WWF. He beat Eric Watts in the tournament. And uh, his arm didn't look as bad as it would get, but you could still noticeably different. Like, it was smaller. Orndorff also stutters when he bumps. He takes a second before he takes a bump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just think, I think just, that's just like late eighties, early nineties. Like, just the style. Uh, it's yeah. just, yeah. I just, I'll tell you what. I did hate the finish. It's not the only finish I hated on this fucking show. <laughs> um, I, the only thing I really noticed from that match is like, at this point, Ron Simmons started wrestling in '86. Yeah, but he's like so clunky. He, he clunky. He just looks like he's like really green. Yeah, I wrote down. He always. I noticed that in '92 when we did Beach Blast. <laughs> He's just a clunky dude. Yeah, he he's a guy. Well, he's a football player, so like his strength and his explosiveness kind of uh, sometimes it overrides like a finesse or like training. Sometimes you just get too into it, you know. Well, I mean, let's talk about our spot. Yeah. Spot oh yeah, spot of the, of match. the match. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, you want to start? Yeah. Uh, my favorite spot of the match. Uh, Orndorff is on Simmons' back. He's got him in a sleeper, uh, and Simmons tries to send him into the corner, but uh. He jumps off and just rams him in and then follows it up with a back suplex. I just, yeah. That was good. That a lot. Um, my spot, because we were just mentioning that power, that football power that Simmons has, was definitely the power, sli- power yeah, slam. Yeah, that was a like, beautiful he, fucking power slam. I think that was probably the crispest move of the match. and just like It, it just really showcased that Ron's fucking strong picking up Orndorff like he's nothing. and just like I thought that was really cool and a good uh, display of strength. I wish they had done more. To kind of showcase that, yeah, like that because they're two that was evenly like one sized clear guys. Of, that was like Ron Simmons just nailing it. Like that was his yeah. thing. Yeah. So that was that was for me my spot, Anthony. I also wrote the uh, wrote down the Ron Simmons snap power slam. Yeah, as the spot of the match. I uh, my spot of the match was um, Paul Wendorf selling throughout this match. I thought he sold his fucking balls off throughout this entire match to the point, um, particularly he. Uh, I believe he missed a splash and he sold his knee fucking so well. It was Paul Orndorff, I feel like 93, you wouldn't think it would be that good, but I enjoyed the match. And uh, JC, how long did that match feel to you? I'm going to say it was about a 10 minute match. It felt like 10. That match was 11 minutes, 15 seconds. All right. So right there. Okay. Uh, post-match, uh, Ron Simmons hit a diving shoulder block off the top rope. Did we say what the finish was, by the way? Uh, it was the over-the-top rope uh, disqualification. Yeah, he, uh, Ron Simmons' back body dropped Mr. Wonderful. You figure that one- Going for the pile driver. The second you get rid of Bill Watts, you get rid of that fucking stupid rule. Like, Watts was gone at this point. You also get there, rid of Eric Watts. There's, <laughs> <laughs> well. there's one thing I couldn't figure out on if the top rope- was still illegal because there was points where I thought it was points where I it wasn't. Well, Jake, if you watched later, this yeah. show, you would continue to be confused yes. based on everything that happened. Yep. Yes, <laughs> very much so because there was points to the point where Jesse Ventura was even caught. He tried to out. cover like, and then Tony tries to cover for it. And it's also, like, the over the top rule also got some fucking well, questionable there, moments. Yes. There was no. DQ for jumping off the top rope. Well, that and they try to say it's an offensive maneuver. It's okay. Throwing over the top rope, still a DQ. I feel like they are trying to find a way to transition it out, but they were also trying a way to do a fuck finish in this match. Like, and they were like, just 
to the disqualification. I That's still a thing. I didn't hate this match. I just wish it wasn't first. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, especially with that finish. Yeah, no, it definitely should not have been the opener. You either do a straight finish or you'd make it more. If that was a six-minute match and it was just all power moves. Yeah, fine. If he was wrestling Dick Slater. Fuck. Yeah. And I believe that match went uh, like two minutes and 52 seconds. I bet it was a fucking awesome two minutes and I 52 seconds. I bet it was seconds. just Dick Slater fucking bumping his balls off. I actually think the next match should have been the opening con. Okay. No. And what is that segue? What is that next match? The next match was uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Jake's Two favorite. Cold Scorpio versus Tex Slazinger and Shanghai Pierce. Yeah. Don't go messing with a country boy. I do love me. That That's a great song. It's a great song. I mean, it really that's really more Hillbilly Jim, but I mean, the Godwins did use it eventually. Do-si-do. Listen, I'm not going to do-si-do, but I enjoy the song. I'll slap my leg to it. Ooh, look at him. Where's my jug at? Jake's great Foley work, everybody. Uh. <laughs> you do it better than the woman on Miss Congeniality. Wait. <laughs> you ever seen the movie? <laughs> yeah, of course. I. Are we going to talk about Miss Congeniality? Jesus Christ. I, I saw the movie Happy Death Day the other day. Was it a happy death day? Not for me. It was like Groundhog Day with murder, right? Basically, Correct. yeah. Yeah. I would. I was thinking of seeing that, but it was PG thirteen, so I knew there was not going to be any real good uh, murdering. Um, it was. There was points where it legitimately felt like scary movie. Re- so it was kind of like a parody. No, not oh. intentionally. Oh, right. <laughs> they were playing it straight. So we have moved from miscongeniality to talking about Happy Death Day. Yeah. And. Uh, Happy Death Day, classic movie. It was originally uh, written in 2007. <laughs> so Two Cold Scorpio <laughs> and Alexander Bagwell legitimately hated teaming with each other. Yeah. Um, which um, I love listening to their shoot interviews about each other. Which, I mean, I remember, I remember watching them, and I really loved them as a team. Young me loved this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought it was a great combo. Like, I don't know what, it, like, I, I mean, it I was, was like never. a black and white cookie. A moon, a moon pie. A moon pie. <laughs> I don't think you should call it that. <laughs> but, I'm never getting signed. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I do remember just loving them as a team. I thought, you know, young upstart Marcus Alexander Bagwell, who I, I wasn't as much of a fan as Jake was for uh, Marcus Bagwell. Marcus Bagwell versus Greg the Hammer yes, Valentine? Yes, I know. This is my favorite incarnation of Marcus Bagwell. Yes. yes. Okay, I can get down with that. My favorite incarnation was when he was in those Skinamax flicks. Oh. Uh, he broke that guy. <laughs> neck, right? With yes! The blockbuster. Yes, uh-huh. I loved him on uh, CowboysForAngels.com, where right. you can rent him for a, uh, <laughs> yeah. a day a month. For a hefty fee. But yeah. I think we can all agree our favorite Bagwell is Judy Bagwell, preferably on a pole. On a pole, yeah. yeah. Or on a forklift. Yeah. Or a WCW Tag Team Champion. So the uh, the cameras miss their sweet double team entrance. They do like a double like flip into the ring, like a roll-through, and yep. the cameras completely miss it. Yeah, I noticed like, uh, that was probably the most athletic thing Marcus Bagwell could ever do. Yes! And Absolutely. I, I also wrote my note, those must be the current WWE cameramen that were hired for this gig <laughs> to completely Filming miss that camera and, <laughs> yeah um and them two dancing was so bad you uh, know that scorpio well, fucking well yeah you know scorpio was trying to teach him how to dance yeah but he had to kind of dumb it down a little bit for marcus um i i wrote uh, i was surprised this match actually got on pay-per-view because uh having tex in shanghai on the show was kind of like a weird one to me it was 93 it was 93 but like I still feel... Yeah, like, there was, like, no Ricky Steamboat. There was no, like, there was people... Uh, no Michael Hayes, he was uh, missing. You like, know, he was on the pre-show, the countdown. I don't think every match has to, like, be a 
necessarily about something. Sometimes you can just have a match to have a match. But even Shivani at this point was like, ah, these two teams uh, competing here tonight, maybe we'll get a tag team title shot someday. Uh, the winner will definitely be in contention. Yes, like, that'll move them up like three places in the fucking tag team division. They're currently both ranked 12 and 13. Which one's 12? Which one's 13? We don't know, Jets. <laughs> Story of Mikey's life. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Um, <laughs> I heard both uh, teams are actually tied for second. <laughs> Everyone else is tied for first. <laughs> um, uh, I mentioned that young me loved this, but watching this now, I was bored as shit with this match. There was a, uh, I love the little great cheap pop that Bagwell got at the beginning when the uh, they went Texas and he went Biloxi. I absolutely did write down they were did because they did the classic yay boo spot, yep. and then you know as uh, Shanghai and Tex are doing like Texas, and then like Scorpio, and then when I like, did they just? Are they screaming Biloxi? And then when Marcus Bagwell did it right to the hard cam, I was like, and then Jesse had to call it out. Like, okay, sure, why not? I don't know about you guys, but for me, like, once I saw the two teams, I was, like, really excited about this match. You got two, like, grizzled-looking guys. Yeah. It's, like, two body guys. Uh, That guy was just wearing a mask. He wasn't that grizzled. (laughs) (laughs) Henry Goblin wearing the mask. I would have preferred Phineas Godwin wearing the mask. (laughs) Agreed. I agree with that. Knight should wear the mask. Uh, Henry Goblin was like an ugly, mean-looking fucking guy. You yeah, know? he didn't need a mask. Um, and he called. He's called Shanghai. To show you how much I was paying attention during this match, the one thing that I kept on doing was the con- continuous pimping of the wrestling hotline. Um, did you guys ever call the wrestling hotline? No. Mikey, no. Mean was Gene it? needed that. Mikey, money. who had a lifetime subscription to the WWF magazine, never called a wrestling no. hotline. No. All right. Hey, Gene. I, I wasn't born, remember? <laughs> They've had wrestling General hotlines yeah, when yeah. you... like 1-800-909-9900. I called once in 96. I can admit it. I was uh, one of like those rigged voting things that I thought it was... Uh, Actually, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't 96. It was 94 because it was for... Oh, you were trying to you try to vote. One. Yeah, you tried to vote for who you thought should win the Royal Rumble. Yeah, the man made in the USA, Lex Luger. Of course, yeah, clearly the won. only the only acceptable answer. Right, as I was wearing my man made in the USA Lex Luger T-shirt. Yeah, and then when you voted, somebody uh, sent a text to Lex Luger going, "You gotta vote," <laughs> and then it just started playing. I'm gonna have to ask my mom if she remembers getting the bill on that because, like, I'm sure I she's I'm, still paying it off. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, I probably wasted a good like 10, 15 bucks on like calling the hotline and voting for Lex Luger, man made in the USA. But that phone call was only 30 seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kept on continuously calling to oh. vote for Luger. <laughs> I had to make sure he had the votes, man. Stuff that ballot box. Listen, all the fans of Rhode Island clearly think Lex Luger won, and they were there. <laughs> um, so they, I think they do some great double team work until... Fucking put the brakes on. Scorpio slips off of fucking Marcus's back on mm-hmm. a dive. Um, but, I I blame baby oil. But how great is Too Cold Scorpio that he slips, falls, then just switches it up into a sweet like yeah, springboard, springboard crossbody. Cross yeah, I like how the uh, Godwins immediately jumped on him, started beating him up, and then he came back, came back crossbody. That that was good work to me. Yeah, I mean it was an o- it was a it was a pretty okay tag match. I don't know if it was a pay per view caliber match that should have been on there, but like I think I agree with Anthony where if it was the opener, and I mean again you can ask me how long it was afterwards, but it felt like it went way too fucking long. But. Um, Tony Schiavone actually made uh, mention of the one save rule in wrestling where you're only allowed to make one oh. save before you're yeah. you're disqualified. I thought that was cool. I actually re- I, I I love that. 
there's rules. <laughs> like, even if they aren't always adhered to, I love that there's still some kind of explanation, kayfabe explanation of why this is allowed to happen. Um, Jesse Ventura calls Scorpio the cold man. <laughs> and I hate it. Cold <laughs> man. I fucking hate it. It reminds me when you try to get over a nickname that, like, is just, uh, it was right before Jim Neidhart left WWF and it was, like, one of his last shots. It was before DX, like, spray painted WCW on his yeah. back. But Jim Ross. The Rhino? Out, the White Rhino! <laughs> Jim Neidhart, the White Rhino! By God! It's like oh, when no. Mikey started telling us to call him Legs. <laughs> That's right, Legs Pava. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what really the weird. hell? Like, what? He's like, like, it's me, legs. I mean, to be fair, me and him have the same length legs. <laughs> I'm all torso. Um, um, Jesse Ventura at one point just starts going off on lawyer jokes. Yeah. Hey, what's a hundred dead lawyers at the bottom of the lake? If I'm not a good a start. Good start. How, how a busload of lawyers going off a cliff with one empty seat is called a tragedy. <laughs> What? <laughs> I I don't know the exact time frame of this, but would this been around the time where he won that lawsuit against the WWF for his uh, royalties of his voice? It was probably around there because I remember um, some VHS tapes that came out in '93 had the audio redubbed over with like I got a best of WrestleMania and Savage and Steamboat and Hogan and Andre was redubbed over by Gorilla Monsoon and Stan Lane. Mm. So that, I believe that would probably be right around that time. So I mean, maybe like after being in litigation for like a year, like anything, like he just had a bone to pick, and that was his soapbox to do it on. Um, so that just shows how interested he was in the match. Just talking about lawyers. Unfortunately, because it was actually not a terrible match. It wasn't. Like I said, it wasn't a bad match. It was just. Um, it was just a match, and maybe it even looked better. In comparison to some other matches, yeah, yeah, like maybe being sandwiched in there, it's like, yeah, it was a pretty good match. I did write like before I get to my spot, I wrote long heat, like it was just yeah. a long heat. on Bagwell, just a long, long heat. But that long heat started with an awesome backdrop into the ropes. Yeah, holy yeah. shit, he chucked him up into the air and just hit the fucking ropes with those legs. He hit the top rope with his feet. Yes, fucking um, Scorpio hits a uh, disc that don't miss for the pin. Making me realize, okay, top rope moves are allowed. He Offensively, splash, yes. yes. Or as uh, Jesse Ventura calls it, a one and a half from the pike position. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, uh, JC, uh, what was your guys' favorite spots? Um, yeah, so I pretty much wrote for this match, my spot was everything from the hot tag. I thought hot tag in, like, I thought it was some good, you know, just back and forth. Leading to the big uh, four fifty. I'm, I'm sorry. It's a munchkin eating a munchkin. <laughs> Mike Pave is eating a munchkin. <laughs> Leave the cannibalism alone. <laughs> <laughs> we don't judge you for the things you do, Anthony. If you look closely, you can see Mike Pava hanging himself in the back of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Pava disputes that and says that it's not true and it's never He's like, been no, true. No, it's just me dressed as a crane. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's that's my spot of the match. Uh, uh, Anthony, what was your spot? My spot of the match was the gut wrench powerbomb. Yeah, that was fucking gnarly. Which Tony Schiavone, mind you, this is only the second match on the card, calls it the move of the night thus far. <laughs> How <laughs> right he was. And also the 450 is an honorable mention for me. Not to mm. mention, this is 1993. That's like, what I chose. How much is Two Cold Scorpio ahead of his time? Yeah. And like, here's the thing. Scorpio wasn't like 
a light heavyweight or a cruiserweight. He was like a bigger guy. Like probably two two twenty five, two three. Yeah, well, like ninety three was... though. Look at that slim ass on Too Cold Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that Too Cold was part Samoan because like <laughs> that was actually his dick raveled up and tucked behind him. <laughs> Is that why he pointed at the beach girls after? I'll see you after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, we can see you right now. <laughs> Mikey, what was your spot? 450. Yeah. Um, my spot of the match was also the uh, Dr. Bomb. I thought that was really cool. He, like, not something you necessarily, like, obviously Dr. Death was doing it and shit, but, like, such a cool, like, he, like, jumped up with it. He fucking planted him. The, Mi- middle of the heat. Yeah. Just, just pulled ah, it out. Yeah. Done. It's like when I gave Mike Pava the Wet Hot American Stunner at that Jerry mm. Lawler show. Just like it wasn't the finish. Jerry Lawler thought it was, but it wasn't. I just wanted <laughs> to get it in. Um, JC, how long did that match feel to you? Fuck. 12. That match was 12 minutes, 48 seconds. All right. All right. Um, it should have been six. <laughs> Missy Hyatt is with Mr. Wonderful and the Equalizer for some reason. Yeah. Um, Missy is hot as fuck, but like... There's she, her interviewing skills are not uh, what I would call uh, skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> to be fair, she wasn't the worst performer in this interview. That would go to the equalizer. Oh, man. Who was mugging for the camera. And rubbing, wringing his hands. He reminded me of a little kid that saw a camcorder for the first time in 93. <laughs> it was just like, ah, he's making faces and shit. Into I it. heard he uh, walked up to Eric Bischoff and after this and went, no. <laughs> he is ogre. <laughs> Orndorff uh, is the John Wayne of pro wrestling, and he says the Equalizer is not only his friend, he's his good friend, in fact. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've known Equalizer for over 10 years, and I, and I can say, tell you he's, he's a, a good, good wrestler. Friend. Tom um, Warren. Why didn't the Equalizer get involved earlier establishing this friendship? Like, if there was going to be a DQ finish anyway? Oh. I have yeah. the answer for that, uh, WCW. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. If you're ever not sure of why something happened and why it didn't happen, WCW is uh, the answer. Orndorff yeah. cuts a promo on Ricky Steamboat for being old and gray. Ricky Steamboat was 40 years old. Paul Orndorff was 43 years old. <laughs> I don't know if that was done intentionally ironic, but... That was, was it done intentionally? Uh, no. I think or like I don't I don't think that anybody ever thinks about what they're going to say before they got on TV. They just went and said it. <laughs> That's why it should be. Hey, you know, again, it makes it feel real at the very least. Um, our next contest, oh. we have Lord Stephen Regal. Wait, no, that's Eric Watts. Excuse me, it was uh, <laughs> wrong graphic. It was uh, Eric Watts got the graphic for Lord uh, Lord Stephen Regal with Sir William, but no, it's Eric Watts. Um, so WCW to get the wrong fucking name graphic because WCW. Um, Regal looking so young here. Yes, he looked young. But um, my biggest note is that has there any been has there ever been another wrestler that has come fully formed like just they showed up to work. That was their gimmick. That was their character. And, like, he didn't... He like, got it. He got it. He didn't need to really... Ev- like, besides a real man's man, William Regal, yes. he has been the That's same fair. character, the same type of character, whether he was a babyface or a heel, mm-hmm. the Lord Stephen Regal, William Regal. He was the same guy. The tights, the the work, the the entrance. 
it was like I don't know. It just feels like he showed up for day one on the job, yeah. and this was Stephen Regal. This was William Regal, and that's how he's been until his last day in the ring. To the complete opposite, Eric Watts. <laughs> <laughs> was he Troy or Travis in a Techno Team two thousand? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who was his partner? Uh, Chad Fortune. Who? Uh, it's actually Chad Misfortune. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Fortune. He was uh, a member of the New Breed with uh, Chris Champion. I believe that was their thing. That's on, yeah, that's about right. Is that right? Yep. Um, um, Eric Watts, I was surprised to see on this show because, again, Bill Watts gone. Why the fuck wasn't Eric packed along with him and shipped off? I'm going to say this. Eric Watts looked like a star. <laughs> so fucking sue me. I thought he looked great. Now, see, my, yeah. my biggest note, my first note on this was... I'm assuming Bill Watts was still booking. <laughs> he wasn't. You'd think so. Yeah, because um, I assume the match was booked to get Eric some experience with like someone. Really they had already good. tried everything to get Eric like over. Regal coming out to great music. Eric Watts. This is his 24th televised match. Match number 24. Just thought that was a fun fact. Started wrestling in. Uh, he's just shy of a year in the wrestling business. He started in September of '92. So I think uh, you know I I can I can agree with you, Jake, that I thought Eric Watts looked pretty good in this match. I think Regal carried him to a pretty damn good match. He made him look good. He made him um, he made him work. Uh, um, uh, Stephen Regal, I believe, showed how amazing of a worker he is by throughout this entire match. He never like broke contact with Eric Watts. He never let him run around, do his own thing. He always had a hold of him. Right. There was always like contact, so he was keeping him like reined in. I thought that was fucking amazing work by Stephen Regal. It's crazy to think that a lot of the things they were doing with the chain wrestling and how great and fluid everything was that just like the crowd was sitting on their hands for, whereas a year later, fast forward a year or two later, where this stuff is happening in ECW and they're getting standing ovations for it. I think it's partially. I think I think Watts was already tainted goods. So I think he, even him coming out for his entrance, the crowd just couldn't really care. And I don't think they ever like when when Bill Watts was still booking. They're just like, here's Eric Watts. They never did anything to develop a character. They never did anything to develop a gimmick to let him kind of get a connection with the fans. So by the time what twenty four matches later. And, you know, now that he doesn't have his dad's support, he's kind of thrown out there on the vine to just die. Yeah, I can see that. And um, but they still gave me a tainted loss. Like, he lost the match, but it was with reason. And I, I think that was more for Regal than it was for Watts. Like, I don't think that was done to help protect Watts. I think that was done because I, I really enjoyed the commentary where Ventura in, is like, you know, Regal's not doesn't need to cheat at all. He's a wrestler. He's wrestling and he hasn't cheated at all. That's what I kind of liked about um, Stephen Regal. There, I thought that he could have been almost like an Apollo Creed of uh, pro wrestling, where he didn't need to cheat. He was just so good, but the fans didn't like him. Right, despite he didn't need to cheat. You and know? they were building that, and then with they wanted him to come out to live in in America. <laughs> um, Prince William, there, Bill Dundee. <laughs> uh, Mikey didn't know that for Sir the William longest time. Oh, really? was Bill Dundee for the longest time. That's and awesome. It still Neither blows my still blows my mind. I it was great, and just like uh, I, I did uh, the slap 
Yeah, he this, had him in the STF, oh. and uh, he slapped the fucking shit slapped out of him. Slapped the fuck out I mean, I'll tell you right now, that was my spot of the match. Him just slapping this the Jesus sl- out of him. Because, you know, Mikey, you're right. Like, they were doing a lot of mat technical wrestling, and it was really solid, oh, fluid stuff. It. But, like, just that slap was so fucking brutal. He hit him so hard. That was it's my... one of those ones you can't even sell because he hit you so hard. You're like, <laughs> yeah. wow! Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> that was my spot. Um, Mike, what was your spot of the um, I like William Regal's effortless and beautiful kip-up, followed by Watts' very mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. AG. Uh, mine was the beautiful fish-out-of-water spot they did. Yes. Like, perfect. Um, I was a big fan of the chain wrestling. Uh, I loved that he uh, used a snapmare to break a wrist lock. I thought that was fantastic. I love chain wrestling. That is, like, that is my favorite stuff. I can't do it, but I love it. (laughs) Um, JC, how long does this match feel to you? Uh, Let's say six. Uh, 7.31. I wish they got a little bit more. Yeah, Time. I think if you took a little bit away from that that tag match yeah. or the opener, I don't know. It- Knowing that Johnny B. Bad and Max Payne was going to go fairly short, I exactly. felt like they could have gone longer. <sighs> exactly. I wish they went shorter. <laughs> um, Regal won with a cheap roll up. Um, I loved the post match promo. Yes, the. Where Regal was talking about how he wants the TV title for yep. Paul Orndorff, which I thought was strange. Heel no, I didn't, heel, but I didn't think that was strange at all. I thought, it w- again, when you think about the realistic aspects of wrestling, I right. don't care. You're the champion. I want to be champion. I'll beat you whether you're a good guy or a bad guy. I loved it. I have that here, too. It just goes back to Regal again. Regal was just fucking above the game. He was just at another level. Um, and he did own that TV title. When I started watching WCW, like, on TV on a regular basis, he was already TV champion by then, and he just ran that shit. He was running 10-minute draws every uh, Saturday night taping. Um, two days before this show, Stephen Regal had the TV title on the worldwide tapings, and he was the champion two days before the show happened. Because they were taping for months in well advance. Well in right. advance. So uh, Regal had the title. He wouldn't win it until Fall Brawl, where he actually defeated... Ricky Steamboat, that's right. and But, like, that's great because at this pay-per-view at that time, like, Orndorff still had the belt, so I'm going to beat Steve, you know. Steamboat beat Orndorff at Clash of Champions right. and lost it less than a month later to Steven Regal at So good. Fall I loved it. thought it was a great promo. So, that was a good promo. How about a bad one? Uh, Max Payne versus Johnny B. Bad. Man. One of the first uh, matches that had, like, more of a solid build-up and seemed to be one of their... Biggest hyped matches. Listen, it wasn't a grudge match. It was a super <laughs> grudge match. <laughs> I thought it was more of a sludge match. <laughs> um, that being said, I do love the build up to this where he shot him in the face. He with shot the bad him in the blaster. face with a bad blaster, which was fucking great. Yep, I agree. Uh, that man, happened at Clash of the Champions, right? Yes. Yeah. But then the bell had to ring. <laughs> um, it, Johnny B. Bad. Has there been another wrestler that's been paid so much money? To do so, like shitty. Mark Henry. But you know what? But I came around on Mark Henry. Mark Henry. Oh, hold on. Mark Henry got a ten million dollar contract for ten years from nineteen ninety six to two thousand and six. Tell me that's not the biggest waste of fucking money in history. Um, like the end of that I, was 
Actually, no, because no, you're right. It was post. It was it was it was probably 2007, 2008 when he started. I tur- started turning around on Mark Henry. Exactly. Um, you, you, I, I can never would have gotten there if he didn't have that. Time. That's right. And um, I have to give Mark Henry props for that contract because they tried to get him to do everything under the sun to quit. He's like, no, I'll do it. He'll do it, and he did every fucking thing. You're goddamn right. So Who the fuck wouldn't. So I I respect the hell out of Mark Henry for sticking around with that, and plus. A limo driver thought I was Mark Henry once and wanted me to get in the limousine. Uh, True story. A special guest star, Riot Kellen Thomas, and myself were promoting for a wrestling show outside the Providence Civic Center a couple of year, a few years ago. And uh, Monday Night Raw is happening. Limousine pulls up, just sitting there waiting for a minute. The two of us are just sitting there. You know, we have flyers in our hand, and uh, the guy gets out of limo and he looks right at us and he's like, "Mark, Mark, Mark Henry." And he just looked, and we're like, wait, what? And he goes, Mark Henry, we're here for the, like, at the limo for you. And I'll tell you what, Kellen and I looked at each other for what felt like an eternity. <laughs> we're like, how do we answer this? Do we say yes, and we get in the limo and just see where it takes us? Do we end up in Stamford, Connecticut? Do we go to the next town? Are we heading to the hotel? Like, <laughs> I wish we got in the limo. Put I wish a giant we had salmon colored suit and just <laughs> pretend to be Mark Henry. Like all I could do like after about a minute of silence we're like no, we're not Mark Henry. Also, you probably shouldn't pick up somebody in the front of the building at the front doors of the Providence <laughs> Civic Center if you are picking up talent, go to the back. <laughs> Oh, I wish we had gotten in that fucking limo. Biggest regret of my life. It also like Hall of Pain, please. (laughs) It also hasn't been the Providence Civic Center in how many years? Whatever. I'm gonna go to the Beef Heart after. He was at Jack Witchie's. Oh, (laughs) Um, I. So we're hating on Johnny B. Bad now. I'm not hating on Johnny B. Was I love Johnny B. Bad? I just think that he's he's always been a very high paid talent. You don't want to make him mad. He's just pretty, his picture. <laughs> He's a bad he man. Just like, just little, like little Richard. Listen, you can love. Listen, you can don't love get Johnny fooled B. By bad. his looks. He's gonna mean left hook. Like he, he's been definitely gayed down since Beach Blast '92, where he was probably at a know, he was I, a ten at the gayometer, and he was probably down to like a four or five. Here's the thing: in '91, he was a fucking twelve on the gayometer. <laughs> he was way up there. He's even worse. Can we make the gayometer a part of the best in show here? Heel Johnny B. Bad is incredibly offensive. Like oh, early, absolutely early days offensive. With, uh, Teddy Long and shit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, listen, all right, let's let's talk about this. Was this it epic homoerotic match. that he got shot in the face of the bad blaster? Wait, what was that? Was it homoerotic that he got shot in the face? Of the I bad didn't blaster? feel like it was. Yes. Oh, okay. So was Max Payne in love with Johnny yes. B. Bad? Oh, all right. This is a deep fucking storyline. <laughs> Before we go into the match, can I just say that uh, Bad and Payne are perfect ways to like explain this match? <laughs> 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 Anthony, you just made yourself worth it here. <laughs> yeah. Um, can we first talk about how awesome it is that Max Payne played himself? Yeah, for the that ring? was cool. As That's shit. awesome. Like so cool. I thought that was amazing. I thought that was very smart. He was playing Norma Jean to the ring. Yep. Uh, hot take: I prefer Max Payne over Man Mountain Rock. I'm just gonna. I say agree. It. That's fair. But Man they're Mountain, the same thing, kind of. No, Man Mountain Rock had the fucking amazing WWF <laughs> fucking guitar. That was pretty and badass. That was the fucking shit. I is that shit on eBay? Can we find that? I'm sure. He, I bet he still has it. What I want to fucking. I love Max Payne. Can we talk about the real Max Payne? The documentary that he uh, wanted to come out with, based on the backstage footage he took Ooh. in '95. 
Let's um, reach out to him and get that footage. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh he was apparently stopped via WWF lawsuit. Uh, Let's do it. Three-way theater is not afraid of lawsuits. Nope. So we should just uh, dive uh, right in. There was a trailer online and it shows like Louis Piccoli fucking all fucked up and pilled out of his head and Yokozuna doing pills and Kevin Nash doing pills. And every time he took a pill he was like bonsai. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out they're just little rice. Individual <laughs> rice grains. So this entire conversation that we've just had is longer <laughs> than the match. So Max Payne gets some gnarly pyro for ninety three. He yeah. gets like a big explosion mushroom cloud. Thought that was pretty gnarly. It was like entrances were were cool. Uh, less cool. Johnny B. Bad's fucking mask. <laughs> yeah, that was my note. Uh, his, fuck his sweet mask. Hey, he had to he had to protect his pretty. Face. I would have rather to get over with the peacock crowd on three way theater. <laughs> Um, I would have preferred him just to have a bandaged face. Yeah, right? He just comes out wrapped like a mummy. Yeah. Well, this match was uglier than Johnny B. Bad's mask, so... <laughs> um, um, I appreciate... No shine. I appreciated that Johnny B. Bad started trying to fight Max Payne. Right like away. He was yep. like, trying to yeah, beat him I up. I do like, I like that. Because like, okay, if it's a grudge match... And proper they... start. I agree. Um... And then Johnny B. Bed charges into the corner <laughs> and takes one of the craziest fucking bumps over the top rope. He sure does. Unsafe fucking nutso fucking It bump looks over like the top. he's trying to do like a spinning leg kick. It looks like he's trying to jump over the fucking top rope. And just dies landing uh, on the floor. So right into the fucking heat. Uh what can be said about this fucking match? It was I have no notes for this match. I I wrote I've been I've got notes, but I feel like any individual note I took could be a spot of the match. match. I'm, I'm doing air quotes. I'm. I mean, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna be honest here. Spot. I have nothing. I said it was over fairly quick. Yeah. <laughs> that um, was my. That was my spot. I actually had to go back and watch it again because I didn't. Ooh, Glenn for punishment. I first didn't have. I didn't have a spot. It ended so quickly. Yeah. What and was your spot? And, and my spot was. Johnny B. Bad catapulting himself over the top rope <laughs> and landing outside of the ring. On top of uh, in when he missed the dive or when he dove onto Max Payne no. while he was on the fucking, <laughs> on his <laughs> while knees. he was on his hands and knees. Jesus fucking Christ, Johnny B. Bad. Knees. <laughs> knees. knees. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. He just plunches onto him while he's clearly not expecting it. And then follows it up with the worst body press I've ever Scene. Ag, what was your? Uh, mine is a a tufa. Tufa. How could there ha there's two things in this match? It, it, they're back to back. It's the amazing drop kick over the top rope. Yes. That he gives to Max, which he takes the hokiest like. Max I'm Payne's too like far away. I gotta just jump over. Max Payne's like, huh, I'll show you how to take a bump over the top, kid. <laughs> which, Whoa. Which, Gears. <laughs> Whoa. Which led right into the no look uh, suicide <laughs> or tope over the top oh rope. God. Spot of the match. He killed him. Um, yeah, I'd say my spot of the match is probably the fucking the the dive onto a supine <laughs> Max Payne who was clearly not expecting it. <laughs> now here's something I need to know. The finish comes when Johnny Bebek climbs to the top rope and then slips. Slips. Or yeah. does he <laughs> go to the second? Because he's not supposed to dive off the top. I think he's totally slips. Slips. And, and he just does the ugliest. Because yeah. at this point, no one gives a fuck or knows what the actual rules are for top rope maneuvers. I'd say it's a botch. He slipped. Fucking A. Um, how, JC, how long does this match feel to you? 25 minutes. <laughs> In actuality, how long do you think it was, though? 
two and a half minutes. It was, AG, do you have a guess? Three minutes and 47 seconds. That's very specific. It was uh, four minutes and 50 seconds. Wow. That's way too long. Um, Max Payne would be fired soon after this for working too stiff with Brian Nobbs. <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, that happened. I mean, I mean, I can't wait until we sometime, someday watch those matches because those were some pretty fucking crazy matches. Yeah, Cactus Jack, fucking Nasty Boys, Max Payne. I'm about that. Um, we have the Hollywood Blondes versus the Four Horsemen. Uh, oh, wait, wait. wait don't get, wait, me, don't get yeah, too excited. <laughs> on paper, this match sounds amazing. Well, until you read who the Horsemen are. Put the brakes on. It's Arn Anderson and Paul Roma. Paul fucking yeah. Roma. So, again, you mentioned Clash of the Champions had the Hollywood Blondes versus Arn and Flair. Yep. In the best Fuck. two out of three falls match. Yes. Yeah. I would give anything to have that match on this show instead of what we got. I yeah. mean. And it was actually a great, uh, a very well-booked match mm-hmm. where they both won one fall. And then on the final fall, it was a DQ. So the belt did not change hands. Great. I'm still in that. But, um th- the one thing I will say is that, yes, unfortunately, Paul Roma is in this match. But on the bright side, you get fucking Steve Austin and Brian Pillman as the Hollywood fucking blondes. At, they're just fucking awesome. They were fucking healing it up. I loved it. I loved it. I love them. I love it. I, I love, love him. I love him. And where he goes, I'll follow. I'll follow. I'll follow. I will follow them. Paul Roma won't. <laughs> Lumby, I got a question for you. What's that? So throughout the night, there are a bunch of titles on the line. Yeah. In the opening match is the WCW television title. Yeah. Later, we're going to see an NWA World Heavyweight title match. Correct. So... The, uh, the tag team champions came out tonight, and they're wearing the NWA yes. World Tag Team titles. I don't think they refer to the titles as NWA or WCW at any time. Nope. So which which titles are they? They were the those were the NWA those, titles, they, but they, they were it? they were interchangeable. Okay, because the the NWA was still a part of this. They were trying to really phase them out, and we're not quite at WCW World International Title. Yeah, what yet. would happen was they put the NWA title on Rick Rude, mm-hmm. which the NWA committee was very against and they did not want to do it. So that's what caused the NWA to split from WCW, making the NWA heavyweight title the WCW International Heavyweight Championship. We need to really, maybe we need to do a mini cast where we really break down because this entire thing, the the dissolution between um, WCW and NWA, the weird working relationship between WCW and ECW, and then eventually the NWA ECW World Title Incident. Yeah, like I feel like just there's a great soap opera story here with the twists and turns of like all these people in the back rooms trying to make these deals. And the you know the finality of it all is really fucking Shane Douglas throwing down that NWA World Championship. And that's the last NWA like grandstand, unless you count the NWA coming to WWF. Um, or whatever. if you now uh, have heard the rumors with Billy Corgan, you know now that he's purchased NWA, he uh, is potentially bringing it back to the Superstation TBS. That. That's Saturday hilarious. afternoons from like four to six yep. yes. on TBS NWA World Championship, uh, not World Championship NWA, uh, but. Like, I'm in. 
could I say though? I feel like as much as everyone loves the NWA and says how like uh, illustrious it is, they always needed someone else. It was either NWA, yeah. WCW, or ECW, WWF. They went to TNA. Well, because by that point they were literally just a name. Jim, they were an indie. Jim Crockett Promotions was really NWA by by late eighties. They were really the only real big dog in town. Yeah, and when, even the AWA and WCCW split off from NWA early. Right, mm. um, but like. It's just, it's kind of sad how it ended, but I mean, obviously it was awesome for ECW, just for how fucking cool that whole thing was. I think we should devote a minicast. I think that'd be a fun I'm thing down. to do. Um, um, we have uh, Boo Boo Face Paul Roma coming out to the ring with Arn Anderson, uh, sporting their new <laughs> lavender <laughs> four horseman t-shirt yeah, they're fucking featuring a horse running on a fucking beach, beach yeah. sunset with a palm tree. <laughs> Airbrushed and Tony Schiavone, ever the fucking company man, trying to put them over. I love that. He goes, The horsemen, they look great. Look at those new shirts. Look at those new t shirt designs. That is the worst blouse I've seen in <laughs> the like sweatshirts. They were like, I, I they were short sleeved though. Um, it was so hard to babyface horsemen. It's tough enough to swallow, but when you got Paul Roma with them. It's even worse. Uh, the funniest thing Tim Kilgore has ever said to me, and this is really just like the funniest thing, was that a few years ago he wanted to uh, he wanted to start a new stable in NCW called the Shitty Horsemen, and they'd be managed by Paul Roma. And you know, <laughs> well, you can all see Paul Roma tonight at Paradise Alley Wrestling. Oh, well, it's not going to be tonight because this isn't going to air tonight. Yeah, they're probably running tonight too. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Wrestling tonight. Wrestling tonight. Oh no, not them. They haven't ran in years. They could barely walk. Did you know the Hollywood Blondes are Sylvester Stallone's favorite tag team? Which I uh, that. Thank you, Jesse. And uh, Shivani also speculates they're also Wesley Snipes' favorite tag team. Which, of course, because Demolition Man coming out and Ventura had just finished filming. Yep. Demolition Man. Here comes the axe. Here comes the smash. That's a, that's a wrestling Wesley. cameo for an upcoming minicast about uh, oh, wrestlers yeah. in movies. In um, non-wrestling roles. Right. Uh, Demolition Man. Great movie. Um, Pillman? Is getting into it with this crazy horseman's fan who's yeah. literally just going, ah! That was, again, these rabid fans. I love it. And God bless Pillman and Austin because Pillman calls over to Austin. Austin's in the ring. He's like, get down here. Austin comes down there. What do you want me to hold it back? Like, they're just having such a fucking good time being heels. I love it. Um, Tony Ferrani goes, We were talking to the fans on the beach. Where are you? In Biloxi. In Biloxi. Uh, it's easy to say in hindsight, but right away you could tell like Steve Austin. He's oozing charisma. He's a, he's a star. It's already. They they patched it up. He stopped oozing right after. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't enjoy uh, Paul Roma throws the first punch in this match. <laughs> That's what you're gonna call. I'm gonna just throw that out there. I don't like it. Babyface threw the first punch. Um. <sighs> It's not Johnny B. Bad. Uh, after like a, a hammerlock, too, or something. Yeah, just, like, it was like a move. He just turned him around and then just popped him. Yeah, like, what the fuck is that about? Again, I keep on going back to the old days in 93 and whatever that else, but like the heel the heel stalling, the stalling before they get the match going, and just the, the work of the crowd. Like, they got them rabid. Like, they were. <laughs> after. Uh, after Roma hit Austin with a punch, he sold it so big and rolled out of the ring, and then Pillman kissed him on the cheek, <laughs> and, the, and the crowd just, ah! It's It's just, you know, the blondes were so fucking good. I wish there was more. there were more tag teams around at that time that could have kept up they with them. They just had so, like, 
uh, he hit a hip toss on Paul. Uh, Brian Pillman hit a hip toss on Paul Roma, and then he just dropped down to his knees and started doing the fucking camera taunt thing. And it was just so perfect, like moved in on him in like a close up. It was great. I love them. The thought, Hollywood uh, Blondes are fantastic. I thought Jesse and uh, Tony Schiavone were actually doing really good tonight. This show, yeah, I thought they were doing well. When, Until they started talking about Jaja Zsa Gabor, and they're like, eh, maybe I'm wrong. Well, and also Jesse's obsession with the zinc oxide on Tony's yeah. nose. What is that on your nose, Shivani? Oh, it's gross. <laughs> they kept on tasting it. <laughs> like, it's not Cheetos, brah. No, it's like, stop zinc it. oxide. You, it's not the weirdest thing in the world. What are you talking about, Tony? <laughs> um... I like that there was a sunset flip out of a bear hug. Mm-hmm. Like that the, was beautiful. Yeah, I thought that was really fucking cool. Like a very smart spot. Yeah, that, go go out of your way to see that. Uh, there were a lot of awesome pins in this match, including the double backslide yes. from Paul Roma, where he somehow he rolls through, rolled doesn't through. fix his arms, and backslides himself Ugh. and Arn Anderson at the same, or himself and uh, Austin at the same time. Um, I. <laughs> I, d- I was transfixed throughout the match on Pillman's ass. Once he got a little, he got a wedgie at one yeah. point. I wrote just down um, there. <laughs> just keep just let I wrote it go. Down, I wonder if Ahmed Johnson was watching this show, going, <laughs> "I want that to be me." Uh, I re- Ahmed wishes he had that ass though. When um, Paul Roma hit a double chokehold on, like he did, like the double hold up chokehold on uh, Pillman. I was thinking, I'm like, he must have been watching a lot of Ricky Steamboat tapes. Like he was doing a lot of things where I felt like he was trying to be. Steamboat esque, being like a top baby face. I just if this I ma- can't buy Rome as a baby face. I, I no, not at all. He looked so disingenuous with everything, like trying to save Arn from like a pinfall or whatever else. Well, he was very boo boo faced throughout this entire match. Like and like looking back on it, my thing was like I always just like I was waiting for Roma to turn on them. Like yeah. I never bought them like, oh he's a horseman. The way they brought him in Imagine because- him turning on the horseman and coming back with bleached hair. A Hollywood blonde. And this is his first pay-per-view appearance as a fucking horseman. He appeared previously, I believe it was at a clash saving. So yeah, first the, pay-per-view. Saving then. a beat down. He jumped out of the crowd. Um, if this had just been the Hollywood Blondes versus Arn Anderson, I could have been more on board <laughs> with that. Yeah, it's so funny. They did a double heat where they got a heat on Paul Roma yep. leading to negative crowd reaction. And then the heat on Arn Anderson, the crowd was going fucking ape shit for. For good reason. Arn was... Great. Yes. Like, again, if we could have got that two out of three falls clash match, I'd be on cloud nine. That would be my best in show, I, I feel like, without a doubt. Because, you know, Flair could go, Arn could go, and the Blondes could go. <laughs> like, oh. I feel like Roma naturally just dragged the match down. And this was a long fucking match. Um, Steve Austin dropped Arn Anderson over the top rope to the apron, I believe. And I was thinking, is that no, D- no DQ there? I think this was the part where Shivani and Ventura tried to start defending the over-the-top confusion. Well, that's well. Shivani was like, well, he was on the apron. He wasn't in the ring, so that didn't count. The I fact think. that they had to try to find out become the bullshit reason, like, ugh. Jesse Ventura um, said, I wonder if and it's Anderson's age is the reason that he's so tired. Arn Anderson was 35. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> you look better than Arn Anderson. Your hairline does. <laughs> um, the crowd was red hot for a hot tag at this point, and they just kept teasing they and kept, teasing. They and wouldn't teasing. give it to him. It was just so fucking good, though. Like I was buying everything that they were selling until uh, Arn Anderson did a Ricky Morton roll. <laughs> totally fucking crazy to me. 
And then I like that as they were getting a heat on Anderson, they were both doing quick tags. So when he made the tag to Roma, they were both tired from the match. And they were both like gassed where Roma comes in fresh. And that's why he was getting over. I thought that was great. I feel like that's like a lost art almost. Where it's like two guys coming in equal and the babyface comes in hot just getting over automatically. Where it's two guys that are tired and he comes in kidding them both. I thought that was great. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good psychology in the match. There's a lot. There's a lot to like. There was just a little bit to not like. Um, what was your favorite spot of the match, JC? Um, so my favorite spot of the match was just kind of. Um, it was kind of. Uh, it's to kind of show overall just the psychology of the match. My spot was. I loved the part where Pillman tried to have like a hurt knee. That's what like I got. they tried to whip him. He crumbles, and then. Austin and Pillman then try to do their best to cheat their way into getting on top. And to, uh, they kept on getting thwarted. Did they clip Anderson's knee? And then so, when he was outside, Pillman tried to do like a dive. Yes. And he hit the guardrail. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. It was just the the way, like, and they but they kept on going. After that yeah. was thwarted, they tried to come up with another cheat move to fucking get yeah. back on top. So it was just... They were always wrestling a match about... It was such a smart way of wrestling and trying to beat their opponent and trick their opponent. Yeah. And I just... It, it, when it happened, I was like, that's fucking great. Like, they just... They nailed it. Uh, AG, what's your favorite spot of the match? My spot of the match was the... Again, over the top rope, the teeter-totter suplex. Okay, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, Which led to, like, a false double down. Yep. Uh, before the actual uh, beautiful Ricky Morton yep. roll into the comeback. Mikey? Uh, mine's JC's. Same thing. Yeah, boy. Uh, mine was, um, it was a Arn Anderson, or somebody ducked a line. Uh, Steve Austin ducks the line. Arn Anderson with a spine buster, pin, no referee, gets him out of the ring. Fucking right into the finish where... Uh, Roma rolled up, uh, I believe it was Austin with a victory roll. And then Pillman comes in, clotheslines him. Mm-hmm. Austin pulls yep. the tights, gets the win. One, two, three. Shocking, I guess, apparently everybody in the arena, including Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura. The reason that was... Swerve. Was because uh, in all those tapings I was telling you about previously with Steven Regal, the tag team champions were Paul, Roma, and Arn Anderson. Interesting. The word got out that they were going to be the new champion, so it was pretty much a given that they were going to win the titles. And, of course, it still blew up on their face when they actually had to drop the titles. Because um, they decided to swerve the fans and not have them drop the titles here, hence Paul Roma's boo-boo face. And you have... They held off until the next Clash of the Champions to do the title change. However, Mm, Brian Pillman got injured, so Steven Regal had to take the place of Brian Pillman in the match. Which, you know, not a terrible replacement, but still not the Hollywood Blondes and the Four Horsemen. Right. So it kind of... Plus, in their in their desperate attempts to swerve the fans and be like, aha, no, they fucked themselves over anyway. And, you know, they screwed up. WCW. Were they the Hollywood blokes? That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Um, so we are we're at the point of an Iron Man match, right? How long did we do? How long did that match? Feel? Oh yeah, JC, oh. how long match feel to you? Fuck, I'm gonna say like 33 minutes, 35 minutes. That was 26 minutes, 14 seconds. Mm-hmm. It felt longer. Um, <laughs> it was just that Paul Roma heat. Yeah, it really. If they had just done one heat, I think I would be a lot more positive to this match. Uh, next up, we have the Iron Man Championship match for the uh, the Iron Man Championship. <laughs> <laughs> what is it for the United? It's the Hungry States Man title? Championship. Yeah. U.S. title. Uh, we have Missy Hyatt says two men for thirty minutes sounds like a dream. Oh fucking Missy, I love you. <laughs> um, Rick Rude was injured. 
uh, and they had to vacate the United States title. Ricky Steamboat and Dustin Rhodes were going to going to have a number one contendership match to crown the new champ to find out who's the number one contender. They ended up making that a title match. Dustin Rhodes beat Ricky Steamboat for the title. Uh, Ricky Rick Rude came back had a match with Dustin Rhodes. They went to a uh, they did a double pinfall spot where both men's shoulders were down, and they held up the title. Hence, it being vacant here, Iron Man Championship to find out who will be the new. United States Championship. What I remember most about this program is that it never ended. With this U.S. title trying to crown a U.S. champion just dragged on to the point where I don't think many people cared at that. Like, by the end, they're just like, put the belt on somebody. Somebody be champion. Yes, the the match would eventually, we would actually get a champion. Spoiler alert, this went to a draw. And we would eventually get a champion in September when Dustin Rhodes won it on a at a WCW Saturday night. And we're pretty much near the end of Rick Rude's in-ring career. Yeah, he uh, injured his back, I believe, not too long ago. Once he won Japan? that NWA. Yeah, yeah. and Sting, another reason They traded like back the NWA actual international world championship back and forth, and it was that last match where Rude regained the title that I'm pretty sure he injured his back on, and that ended his in-ring career. Uh, one year previous, Rick Root took on Ricky Steamboat in a one in a thirty minute Iron Man match, which uh, Ventura brings up in this match. Yes, he's like, "Well, Rude's got experience." Yeah, and um, and to Giovanni's credit, which I really like too, Giovanni was like, "Yeah, but Dustin's gone thirty minutes in a match before. Right. Like, it's just a, it, again, it's just that little thing to make you buy into the whole gimmick." Um, this match was great, specifically because we got two Slam Jam themes in one. <laughs> uh, also, Rick Rude stole the win over Dustin Rhodes at the Clash of Champions in a six-man tag match. Um, that I mentioned earlier. The one of the uh, one of the notes that I had written down was that I don't believe Jesse Ventura knows what a Texican is. I don't. Oh, several no, he times was saying he that about it. the other. It, he was saying it in the Tex in the uh, Shanghai and Tex match, yep. but then he kept on saying it again in this match. Yep. To which I was like, I just don't. I, he doesn't understand what that is. Yeah, I would I would surmise it was a Mexican Texas. Yes, Mexican. Yes, he is. Yes, that you're. You got it. <laughs> Call up Jesse the Body and let him know. <laughs> Look at this Texican in here. No, Dustin Rhodes is not a Texican. He doesn't care about Texicans anymore. He cares about aliens and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah illegal Texicans. Yes. <laughs> um, so, one week after this match, Dustin Rhodes would get married to Terry. He married Marlena one week after this match happened. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's it. All right. Fun, cool. All right. All right. Fun right. fact. Um, fun fact. These guys are so good. This was a very different pace from last year's match. If I didn't know that wrestling was fake, like these two would make me believe that it's real. That okay. O- that opening aggressive, like that lockup. Where neither guy can get the advantage. Wonderful. Good. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I, I agree with you, Mikey, that I feel like, the way Rude wrestled this match and the way Dustin tried to come back at spots, um, I mean, I guess, I mean, we already spoiled that the the uh, match goes to a draw, but I guess I will also spoil that my spot of the match was the pile driver that Dustin Rhodes fights for. The reversal of the of the tombstone. Yep, and then he nails... Me he, too, brother. He nails the Dustin... He nails it, goes for the pin, and Rude kicks out. Now, are you guys aware that your spot of the match last year... Was Ricky Rude battling, or Ricky Steamboat battling out of the Rick mm-hmm. Rude tombstone in literally 
the exact same spot. I'll tell you that the second we turn off the recording device here, I forget about what we just talked about. Yeah. So I did not remember that, but it just, I mean, I think that goes to That's show how. That's actually something I didn't really care for in this match. Uh, they did. They just did the exact same spot, and I thought that was strange. I mean, I I thought it was great, and I thought it was I even better. Back, I guess I think it was even better because fucking Rude kicked out, and like again, when you talk about that realistic part, like everybody in that arena thought bought it as yep. the as the fall kick out. Ah, oh, shit! And it just shows that like Dustin Rhodes is desperate, and so, yeah, there's a lot of selling in this match, which I enjoy. I also yeah. enjoy that you know Rude was up for a while, yes, for a long while, for almost the bulk of the match, and like again, I felt like it was definitely a different psychology than the Steamboat match from last year. Very but. much so. Uh, that was a faster pace. Like Ricky Steamboat hit that big uh, stomach breaker at the very beginning to injure Rude, putting the heat right on right. him. Right. And I thought that um, I thought that they were doing it very different. They were both selling a lot. They were both like letting it be even. And I thought that was smart because you're not going to keep up a pace of a Ricky Steamboat like they did last year. So let's do it differently. Let's do it our style. And I don't think this match really dragged at all. I thought this was didn't no. I thought they uh, they kept it going. Like it it felt like a match of five minute intervals. Five minutes one way, five minutes the other. Like that was their. You key. see, I don't. I I actually don't. Didn't feel that way. I felt it was more rude on top for almost the majority of the match, and I felt like the psychology wise, rude had it won. He could leave it at one fall, and as long as he kept that one fall to zero, like that was his match to win. And just Dustin's desperation throughout the match, that was the story it told for me. But I never felt like it was even even. I felt like. You know, I felt like Rude felt he was in control, and I think psychology-wise, that's what like story they told. Dustin Rhodes does a little hip swivel, and uh, <laughs> Ventura hated it. Jesse Ventura calls him a big fat Texas steer. Crowd <laughs> goes nuts though. Also, like, how awesome is Record in the match? Like, works the neck the entire time. Yes. Either he went for that reverse uh, DDT on the knee, right? Yeah, the that was great. Very, uh, very. Goes for the pile innovative. driver. Knowing that this is pretty much one of Rude's last matches, like it's kind of depressing to kn- to know because he's so on his game here. Yeah, Rude hits that reverse DDT on his knee and then follows it up immediately with the Rude Awakening for the first pull fall. JC, what time do you think the first fall happened at? Um, six minutes. Thirteen minutes, nineteen. All right, seconds. that so I mean, that surprises me. Um, I like I I really enjoyed this match. I definitely. Um, I'm again pissed that it went to a draw. Mm. I think it was. Uh, I think this show had a real problem with finishes. And now, um, did you guys notice that on the WWE Network you can see Dustin Rhodes's penis? Um, no, no, I did not. There know was that. a point in this match where Rick Rude grabs him by the tights and slingshots him into. The way Jake has his phone, he's got a screenshot of Dustin Rhodes's penis. Let's see that pee pee. That that. It's hard to see, but yeah, that. Let's see that dong. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, oh yeah, that, that is, thing. You can see Dustin Rhodes's dick. You can. He's hanging dong. And uh, <laughs> if and if you <laughs> couldn't pee-pee, right. and if you couldn't like if you missed it, don't worry. Tony Schiavone goes well. The the pet fall the Pratt falls of live TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and don't worry, you'll be able to see that picture on ThruwayTheater dot com. And um, we will be uh, banned from Facebook. <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. It's worth it. Um, yeah, you're actually right, JC. I, I uh, wrote down that Rude had the advantage for over 10 minutes uh, with the final five minutes left. So he yeah. probably had the advantage for uh, upwards of 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, Dustin Rhodes spits in Rick Rude's face at one point in the match. <laughs> 
And Rick Rude's snot rockets on him. The yep. farmer's handkerchief. That's my <laughs> runner-up for spot of the match. All right. Uh, Dustin Rhodes is slugging it out with uh, Rick Rude. They're going punch for punch, but uh, Rude's moving out of the way of Dustin's punches and just socking him. And then finally Dustin rears back. Rick Rude ducks. Dustin hits the ropes and hits a big fucking bulldog for the first for his first fall of the match, tying it up with one versus one. And I thought that was great. It, uh, JC, what time do you think the second fall of the match happened? Um, what? So, so into the match, we were probably about twenty six minutes into the match. Twenty six minutes, fifteen to six oh, seconds. Wow. Yes. All right, because it was a huge long stretch. Where stretch. stretch, where I just I really like Ruben just had him up one to zero, and then yep. like that second fall, it came so close. I was like, well, all right, so I know I saw where they were going with it, and uh, yeah, twenty. All right, um, Rude uh, Rhodes hits a big top rope bionic elbow for a two count. Fucking, he keeps going for it, keeps going for it, hits the DDT, but it's too late. Time limit expires. Title stays vacant. Boo. Uh, AG, what was your favorite spot of the match? Mine was the reverse tombstone. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, my favorite spot of the match, I believe, was um, when Dustin Rhodes was in a belly-to-bear uh, bear hug, and he started elbowing his way out, and Rude immediately switched it over to a belly-to-belly -belly suplex. Yes, that was great. I thought that was a cool little spot, because Dustin was hitting those elbows, trying to keep it out. These guys had good chemistry. It was yeah, a good match. Very, so good. very surprising, especially because Dustin Rhodes was fairly green. He started in about 88, 87. And Jake, I'll tell you, this match felt like it went 30 minutes. JC, that's exactly right. Yes! Wow. <laughs> Nailed it. On the head. Boom. Hot. Boom Speaking goes the dynamite. Of, yeah, you saw Dustin Rhodes' head. Um, <laughs> next up, we have Ric Flair versus Barry Windham in a world NWA World Heavyweight Title match. Yeah, with a match graphic that looks like it was made in MS Paint. <laughs> <laughs> some some of the match graphics, I think, even the Iron Man match came in. They just got their their avid editor. But and they, they were just, moving. Like yeah, they were like, we're, we're at the beach. Wiggly, squiggly lines. Squiggly cartoon Comic Sans. Um, Ric Flair. Rick Flair oh, Comic Sans. I get it. Sans. Sans. <laughs> Beach blast in the sand. Sand, Mikey. Sand. Mikey, do you get it? Arless. Arless. Um, so Ric Flair comes out first, and that feels weird to me. It just feels off with Ric Flair coming out first in an NWA heavyweight title match. I, I guess this is a backhanded compliment to say that WCW put a lot of effort into building this match for a match that I just do not give a fuck about. Not in the least. <laughs> uh, Barry Windham had won the NWA heavyweight title from the great Muta, and Ric Flair was out there. For the match and tried to put the belt on Barry Windham. Barry Windham rejected Flair's offer to put the belt on him. Uh, Flair wanted him to be a member of the Four Horsemen. But nope. He's a He's lone, lone wolf. wolf. Is he Baron Corbin's dad? Yes. Nice. You didn't know that. If the stalker came out as Baron Corbin's dad, that'd be amazing. And then Bray Wyatt's just crying in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, the belt, uh, Tony Schiavone uh, has one of the best lines. The belt says it simply... World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion. That's not simple, simple at all. <laughs> God damn it, Giovanni. Um, Ric Flair wearing yellow. Barry Windham wearing red. Take that, Hulk Hogan. Uh, I like that Ric Flair's wearing like the gold, kind of like a like a little tip-off on who's going to be yeah. going over. Very macho man of him. Uh, in this match, I cannot tell who's the babyface and who's the heel. <laughs> well, I mean, Flair is technically the babyface, yeah. but um, I just... <laughs> Is he? Yeah. He was. Sure. Yes. They could not immediately tell that. 
I mean, beyond the fact that the shitty horsemen were baby faces in their awesome airbrushed uh, shirts, um, Flair was absolutely playing the baby face coming back in in '93, um, and which eventually led to that fucking awesome Vader Flair match at Starcade, yes, yes. Um, which was a last minute replacement as well. But um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing: I I think Flair looked great. Um, I think. Again, if Flair was put in that tag team title match, that could be an all-time classic on pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like they just wanted to get the NWA world title onto him. Um, they needed, like, if they had, okay, so if they had switched this around and done Wyndham and Flair at the Clash, and then if you had just done the tag match here at the pay-per-view. Yeah, but we would have missed out on Wyndham versus Scorpio. Well, all right. I don't know. I just, like, I feel like Flair could go and just he didn't have much to go on here. So it was just kind of bleh. This match to me felt longer than the Iron Man match. <laughs> I was um, I so, was fucking excited for this match. I'm like, Barry Windham versus Ric Flair. Fuck yeah. Uh, Fuck take, no. I hate Barry Windham. Like, um, I just, he was he so good. Shitty in, clothesline. He was so good in 1988. He was. So good in 1980. It's 1993. It's 93, man. Um, you just didn't I'm, hold I'm, up. I'm just going to say it right now. I do not have a spot of the match. Uh, neither do I, my friend. Yeah, um, I do. I, I will also say that, full disclosure, I did fall asleep during this match. Um, I just to be couldn't. fair, I bet this match wouldn't have been as bad if we didn't just watch a really solid 30-minute yeah. Iron Man I don't know. Match. Like, I think... Uh, I wish I stopped watching the show at this point. <laughs> no, no, no. So, not in a better. I wish I took a break yeah, after yeah. the Iron Man and said, "Let it breathe." Straight so I did Casey, this show. You, uh, you fell asleep and you missed the finish. Um, I the I, thing that happened. You mean the most awkward finish? The what fucking the fuck ever just happened? I, I full disclosure, yes, I did fall asleep and I did not go back to watch it because I was afraid of falling asleep again. So what happened was, uh, Ric Flair struggled and struggled. Finally, put the figure four on Barry Windham. Uh, puts him in the figure four. Barry Windham is reaching with both hands for the bottom rope, and the old shooter Randy Anderson pins his shoulders to the mat. Yep. <laughs> and people don't know. People, Everybody's confused. People are discussing it to this day whether it was a fuck up or it was intentional. My hmm. thoughts. My note: most awkward finish ever. Was it an accident? Question mark. Yeah. Exclamation point. I can't. It's hard to say because the way he does it, the fans don't initially react. But also, once that he calls the f- match for Flair, they pop. They, they also. There's a point where the camera doesn't zoom into the ring f- for a while. That's because Barry Windham is still in the fucking ring, just kind of sitting in the corner, like, "What the fuck just happened?" And then he walked over to Shivani and spit him in the face. That Bef- happened before the Montreal no, screw job. There was <laughs> the Biloxi. Thank you, AG. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so I mean, there was a few options for a spot of the match. Mikey, what was yours? Um, Flair taking a hard slam on the floor by Barry Windham. Okay. Some of my uh, some of my honorable mentions were Flair throwing two of the shittiest crossbodies in the history of wrestling. Not as bad as Johnny B. Beds. <laughs> I don't know. He hit one off the top rope following the fair flare flip that was. Super awkward. And then he hit one on Barry Windham, which I assume was supposed to be cross-body block. They both go over the top rope. But Flair kind of hit like he threw a cross-body block like me. His ass was very down-pointing. And he just kind of hit him, and Barry Windham took a tumble over the top rope. I tumble for you. But I'm going to say my spot of the match was uh, after Barry Windham hit a big superplex. He took a giant bump off of an elbow. He missed the elbow drop, and he just took a fucking gnarly, huge flat back bump. Should have just went for the pin after his superplex, but whatever. That was his finish. I know, right? 
JC, how long did that match feel to you? 17 hours. I was sleeping. It was good. Anyone want to fill in for JC on how long that match felt? Um, uh, 13 minutes. I was going to guess 17. Wow. Match went 11 minutes, 15 <laughs> seconds. So you thought it was 17 minutes. It, was it felt it, it 17. Felt, it felt long. Wow. Uh, we're saved by a fucking fantastic flair promo after the match. That was very good. So good. So great. And I feel like it's a very underrated promo. Nobody talks about that promo. Yeah, because we don't talk about Beach Blast 93. <laughs> we are the first person people to ever talk about at, um, Beach Blast 93. At Beach Blast 93, Barry Windham either had an injured knee or he injured his knee within this match. I There was a part, I was watching the Clash of the Champions match, and there was a part where it looked like he may have hurt his knee, like taking a gnarly tumble out of the ring. But um, his following, his next matches would go like this. He wrestled this show, Beach Blast 93. He came back nearly a year later for Slamboree 1994, the month, a month earlier, 11 months. Wrestled Ric Flair in the main event as a big surprise. And then his next match would be debuting as the Stalker in 1996. Wow. He took a huge break from wrestling, went this match, Slamboree 94, Wrestling Justin Hawk Bradshaw in his debut as the Stalker. And then would eventually become a new Blackjack with Bradshaw. Um, yeah, right? I, I'm sorry, guys. Fuck Barry Windham. <laughs> I'm with you, man. <laughs> fuck him. I He was so good, though. No, I don't give a fuck. He, I've never seen it. Like, I am I forget about him. Forget about it. Uh, by the way, it was uh, two months after this, the NWA would break away from WCW following the controversy with Ric Flair. Rick Rude, rather. So we have our main event. Big of the main evening. event, brother. Built the superpowers versus the masters of the power bomb. Yes, a, a, a feud that only a mini movie could solve. Here's so, the thing: if you, they, they kept on calling themselves, uh, you know, they were the superpowers being built with the superpowers uh, or the superheroes. Superpowers, I believe. Okay, so the superpowers, superpowers. I wouldn't have bought into it unless they would have showed that mini movie at the top of the show to yeah. really show that they are. In fact, like these modern day super warriors, it felt super... like they were trying to hide the mini movie. Oh, yeah. they absolutely actually they actually were because once it became such a huge debacle and they just it was a mess and people were making fun of it and it, like they killed it. So by the time it got to the show, they did not want to air any piece of it on pay per view. According to Conrad Thompson's speculation on something or on uh, what happened when Mondays, he says the woman that was behind all of the mini movies for TBS was in fact. Oli's mistress, Ooh. Oli Anderson's mistress, who Oli Anderson would never go for a fucking mini movie, would never go for this shit. But apparently, it was his side piece, his idea, so he went along with it and just said yes. Interesting. She's a genius. Um, <laughs> I happened to watch this match with my girlfriend, and Humble she brag. was very excited because Frankie's dad was on TV. <laughs> Frankie Stacchino <laughs> from uh, Boy Meets World. Uh huh. She couldn't fucking. Her mind was blown. That he she, was a real wrestler. Yeah. She's going to love our TGITWT episode we're going to be doing in a couple months. Uh, She's going to be thrilled with that. Yeah, she didn't realize Vader was a real wrestler? She didn't, you know, she... I guess she didn't realize, like, he played his real character on the show. Oh, okay. That he was Vader? Yeah. That's so funny. What a great, great role. One of the best uh, appearances by a wrestler in a TV show, I believe. I'd say he's definitely up there. Um, I love the Masters of the Powerbomb. 
Harley Race and Colonel Parker look like a smaller version of Sid and Vader. <laughs> <laughs> I love the whole... I, I know it didn't last too long, but I love the whole thing. I think it's one of those volatile situations where you can never... This is not going to be something that's going to last. But while it existed, I'm thankful that we had it. Um, fucking Sid in this opening he's, segment was amazing. He's working his ass off. He's bumping like a fucking madman. So good. And then he says, fuck it, and then he chokeslams <laughs> the bejesus out of stage. I mean, Sid was on his way to being the biggest star in WCW. He was he was well on his way. This match was just, it should have been so bad. I just, oh wait, I don't think, wait, what? It should have been a, a, a clusterfuck. I disagree. I was never I, expecting it to be a clusterfuck. British Bulldog in 93, Sid in 93. Yeah. And then Sting Invader. Uh-huh. Yeah. What did what British I'm with, I'm with Lumberjack. I didn't expect Okay. That. I I had been looking forward to watching like I Yeah, that's in retrospect cuz no, you not. know it was a good match. If it was on paper and you were seeing it for the first time you go. I mean, we Ugh, clearly didn't know it was a good match because you guys just said that you were expecting a clusterfuck. I wasn't expecting this amazing okay. match that we got. All right. That's fine. I, I, you know. Uh, question. Was Vader the WCW champion at the time? Yes. Yes. Did he not come out with the title? No. No. Very odd. <laughs> <laughs> Very odd. Yeah, it was a little weird. <laughs> it's WCW. It's all I have to say. Maybe they didn't want to take away from Ric Flair's title victory. Like, no. Disagree. WCW. WCW. That's it. I bet they forgot the belt in Atlanta. They're like, can we get it shipped to Biloxi? And they're like, no, too much work. Hard pass. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can just bring it with us. No, it's all right. I hate that Vader has to whistle for himself. <laughs> what? You ever watch? Like he always <laughs> whistles, but he, he'll pose, but he'll whistle to make it sound like somebody else is whistling for him. <laughs> Wait, is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> he'll, he'll do like the. Yeah. Watch it. Watch yeah, it. no, no, you're right. He you're does his Vader right. pose and he whistles at the same time. <laughs> Maybe, maybe he's just maybe like the Vader pose. You don't realize he's just doing a kettle. Maybe he's whistling like a kettle. Oh man! You didn't <laughs> notice that? No, I've never noticed. He's also that. humming "I'm too sexy" to himself while he's doing it. <laughs> um, this match once is another one of those things where I don't want to go over it move for move because. Uh, a lot of these could be the high spots of the match. It's like, a spectacle. I think I th- it's the biggest yeah. thing. It's. You know, you know what you. It was you, hard hitting. It was hard hitting. It was what I would have wanted uh, Orndorff and Ron Simmons to be. There's okay. two guys beating the fuck out of each other, and I think the the <laughs> two teams, the four guys, they just they went in there with something to prove. I think knowing that there was a half hour Iron Man match, I think uh, you know seeing you know Flair's in a big title match and this and that. Like I think these guys wanted to go out there and fucking steal the show. Um I think Sid was fucking on his game. Yes. I thought he was where he needed to be. His selling was good. Like at one point like Sting moved out of the way of a Vader splash and then like he just moved to Sid's corner and Sid just hit him. He just fucking hit him from behind. Like, Sid yeah, was fuck it. Sid was definitely firing on all cylinders and I think that was also part of his own like he knew he was getting put to the top of the mountain and he was just he was ready <laughs> for it at one point sid makes the tag to vader while he's getting pinned <laughs> that's amazing it's fucking, fantastic. fucking a brilliant idea <laughs> there is one thing that happens in this match that makes me actually two things really that makes me think that sid had been doing extensive training in traveling with harley race um and that is one at the very end he takes a body slam on the fucking wooden ramp and then uh towards the end he also 
does the fucking Harley Race seesaw spot? Yes. Where he's fucking wobbling like he's caught in the- just, I felt like Sting didn't know what to do, and Sid's like going for it. Like, come on, brother. I didn't know me. what to do. I would have been like, wait, what? <laughs> Is Sid going to do this? <laughs> it was fucking amazing. Well, let's go around. Let's talk about our spots since, you know. All right. Uh, AG? Um, my spot of the match was the Vader salts. Oh yeah, that for was the, for the false pin where Sting just jumps off and just kind of punched him in the face. <laughs> um, that was actually the first Vader salt in WCW. Really? It may have been the first ever, but at the very least, it was the very first Vader salt in WCW. My favorite spot was uh, Sid's choke slam the Sting in the very beginning. At the very beginning, where he cuts him off, destroys him. JC, um, I'm actually kind of with Anthony. So it's that entire finishing sequence. So. Um, you know, we get that big Vader bomb first, and it's then, like, ooh, that's the big move, right? And then, um, you know, they sit and, sit and sting slightly, kind of fuck up, going over the top out onto the rampway. But then there's something very cinematic where Vader goes up, does the Vader salt. In the back of the camera angle, you that see Sting. The, that was when the body yes. slam happened, you, and then Sting runs. Yes. That was very cool. You, very good you, angle. It, like, again, it's not something you normally see with WCW where they get a very cinematic moment where, to the back, you see Sting overcoming Sid, body slam. Oh, but there's the Vader salt. It's all over with. Sting running, launches for the Stinger splash over the top rope, breaking up the pin. And then he runs, and then he runs over to the back to his corner. And you think maybe they're going to go for a hot Attack? tag? Nope. No. Crucifix. Surprise. One, then. two, three, which was setting up the big title match between Bulldog and Vader. Vader. But, like, everything about that that entire finishing sequence was beautiful. And it, it, I, it capped off a great match. I hated the, that the crucifix was the finish, but I liked it. I, I thought just it loved worked. Everything about the match that it really Fluke didn't matter. Over the well, I think it subverted expectations. I you would assume okay at this point Sting's gonna get the tag and then they'll go into that finish. But since they're building Bulldog Vader, no, let Bulldog get that pin. My uh, my spot of the match was uh, British Bulldog stalling suplex on Vader. Yep. that was fucking crazy. I would say this is probably Bulldog's best showing in his WCW stint. Like this was his like hot take. Crowning, this was his big, he got his big pinfall on Vader. Um, they fucking busted ass, had a great main event. I feel like this was his, probably his peak in WCW. Also, one thing I didn't like was, uh, I believe Vader was wearing his tights in the wrong order, where you could only see A-D-E. Yes. <laughs> Listen, Vader always has a hard time with his tights. Sometimes they're backwards. Why does <laughs> it Vader time on your back? <laughs> it's fucking. Eater. Uh, listen. So the uh, power bomb count for that match was zero. <laughs> well, because masters they're ma- of the power bomb. Listen, they are masters of the power bomb. They hit that shit. It's over. It's over. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Mike, you remember that time you did commentary and Mike you spe- Nice versus you Sid? specifically had to say, Mike yeah. Nice told me he will that not be power bomb. Uh, that uh, Sid Vicious will not <laughs> yep. power bomb him. And guess what? Sid Vicious he did, did not power bomb him. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Mike Nice was right. This oh. might be the only show in history where you have to decide who had the match of the night, Sid or Paul Roma. <laughs> <laughs> um, the credits roll. I wrote down some of the more notable names in the credits. We had Bill Shaw, executive in charge of production. Was Craig Leathers in there? Of course I he was. Craig Leathers was in there. Um, He's on all pay-per-views. We had director Craig Leathers, uh, senior producer Virgil Runnels. Dusty. Uh, VP of Wrestling Operations, Alan Rogowski. That was Oli. Uh, supervising producers, Keith Mitchell, David Crockett, and Tony Schiavone. Yep. Security director, Doug Dillinger. Assistants to Mr. Runnels. Jody Hamilton, the assassin. Bill Dundee. 
Greg Gagne, Grizzly Smith, Mike Graham, and Janie Engel. And finally, executive producer, Eric Bischoff. Some good credits, man. So I boys, like doing credits at the end of shows. Before we uh before we discuss on what we believed were the match of the night, I have Dave Meltzer's ratings for the night. Oh. Uh anyone wanna uh we had Dave Meltzer's worst match of the night was Max Payne versus Johnny B. Bad with okay. one star. His uh the next would be Simmons versus Orndorf with a star and a quarter or three quarters. The Regal versus Watts match and the Iron Man match were ranked exactly the same with two stars. Um, uh, Barry Windham and Ric Flair got two and a half stars. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Bagwell and Scorpio versus Tex Slazinger and Tate Shanghai Pierce took two and three quarter stars. Bullshit. And then the Hollywood Blondes and the Four Horsemen and the Masters of Powerbomb and the Superpowers were tied at three and three quarter stars. Melcher's a cunt. <laughs> so I have the too many papers in front of me. It's four in front of you. Okay. Four. Horsemen. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to open up the ballots and see right. who some of the Here we mark go. those Mikey. Mark it down so who's got So I'm gonna say the best this one voted best match, the main event. Okay. The worst match, Max Payne versus Johnny B. Bad. Alright. Okay. This ballot has best match, Masters of the Powerbomb versus Sting and Bulldog. Worst match, Johnny B. Bad versus Max Payne. Oh, yeah. This one voted Hollywood Blondes versus Four Horsemen. Best match. Fucking contrarian. Worst match, Johnny B. Bad versus (laughs) Max Payne. (laughs) All right. And finally, the match of the night, Rick Rude versus Dustin Rhodes in the Iron Man match. Worst match, Johnny B. Bad versus <laughs> Max <laughs> Clean sweep by Johnny B. Bad. Congrats, congrats Mark Merrow. Nuts <laughs> and Shane Douglas and Pitbull number two have. He's a bad man and a bad match. <laughs> which is, which is with, also my episode. Yes, that's good. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Winning with two votes, match of the night. Master of the Power Bomb versus the Superpowers. So I know that Mikey and I both voted for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So is this the first main event that is made? I think so, right? Um, I believe Triple H and Kevin Nash won for Insurrection 2003. Oh, yeah, I burned okay. Insurrection out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Insurrection. That whole it's show shit. must have been really bad. Uh, <laughs> yes, it was. I don't know. JC was a big fan of the Dudley Boys. <laughs> it was. And, uh, versus Christopher Nowinski, Rodney Mack, and Teddy Long. Let's just oh. say that allegedly uh, that uh, – that show sent Kevin Castor into a deep depression, <laughs> and he's never been the same since. And he's never coming back. Spoiler: <laughs> He's coming back for Insurrection yeah! 2002. Yeah! Why do you hate him so much to give him that show? Because he likes to he's be a completionist. completionist. Yes, oh, come Jesus. on, I'm doing it in reverse order. Oh, We're God. getting every Insurrection. Um, I had I had fun watching this show. This um, is, yeah, it was good. So uh, let's do a collective thumbs up, thumbs down on the show. Ready? One, two. Three. Thumbs up. No, you just say it. You don't actually No, you don't. It. You do thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay. Oh. So me and Mikey are thumbs up. AG's thumbs down. JC is thumbs, thumbs in, in the, the middle. middle. Yeah. I didn't um, know an option. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. There, that's that's I AG's would, new logo. It's a thumbs down. I think, I mean, I think we can all agree that if the Clash of the Champions card had been Beach Blast, it would have been a far better yeah. show. I love me some Dick Slater. Dirty Dick. Well, what's next on the docket for Best in Show, my friend? 
Well, uh, I believe our next show that we're going to be covering is another WCW classic from 1991. We are on a WCW high. <laughs> or a or low, low. <laughs> um, We're going to be covering Super Brawl 1991. Ooh. So anyone that wants to watch that, get ready for the future because it's going to be not too far in the future. It'll be next month, yes. It'll be in the month of February. We're going to have Best in Show, Super Brawl 91. Um, of Rick course, you're going to- versus Tatsumi Fujinami in the main yeah, event. Yeah, baby. You can, uh, so you can watch Beach Blast 93. You can watch Beach Bla- uh, Super Brawl 91 on the network. Uh, so if you want to follow along with us and give- you can, see, uh, you can find out why Mikey was so sad for Tatsumi Fujinami at the end of the show. Um, but you know, if you want to kind of join in and you can tell us what your- Best in show was that'd be fun to do. Yeah. You know, you yeah, probably you won't, won't do it, but Jerks. it'd be fun to do it. And yeah, just fucking do it. You can Jesus go, Christ. <laughs> we just fucking do it already. We've been fucking doing this for two fucking years now. You just do it. All right, I'm gonna why cut his we, mic. Uh, why don't we tell people what, what's up for three way theater? Coming up next on three way theater is going to be our sequel to three way theater that we've never done before. It's our first sequel. Uh, WWE and Scooby Doo in the uh, Speed Demon. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> Are you wrapped in ready? Hope you're not ready. Say Black Betty, is that what you just said? <laughs> he likes lots of spaghetti. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. It's our first sequel. We've never done a sequel. First squeakquel? Yeah. No, that's not yet. It's a uh, sh- uh, shipwreck. Is this canon? Is it canon? Yeah. What do you mean? Is like is the Scooby Doo people gonna be like, hey, we haven't seen you since you won the title of WrestleMania, Dead Meat and fucking Skinny Boy? I mean, I I haven't seen the movie yet, so I guess we'll find out when we watch yeah, it. But, you, but you already out. watched the Naked Man without us without telling us. <laughs> You're still upset about that? A little bit. All right. So you can go back and listen to all of our past best in show episodes, our three way theater episodes, all at threewaytheater.com. Um, we're now all over the place on your favorite listening device. We are now on Stitcher. You can now uh, check us out on the TuneIn radio app. Podbean. Uh, We're still on Podbean and also on iTunes. So you can find us all there. You can also find all of our episodes at threewaytheater.com. Fantastic. Anthony Green, uh, you want to give a plug to anything? Plug it up, man, man. No, I'm good. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys can uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My Instagram is at RetroAG underscore, because someone decided to use RetroAG, have one follower, and never post anything. That was me. (laughs) (laughs) Baller Uh, move. (laughs) Twitter, at RetroAG. Not to mention, you can use my promo code, Zubaz.com, officially sponsored. Use the promo code RETRO20 for 20% off your order. Baby, what a dream. How exciting. <laughs> I'm, currently wearing, I'm currently wearing my Patriots. I love Ooh. the Patriots, as we all know how much I love sports. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I am wearing my very comfortable Zubaz. I'm going to go to the you, gym in these. I sleep in these. You do I, look very comfortable. I, I am so comfortable. Magic my fanny pack? Zubaz fanny pack. Mikey and I normally like to wear sweaty Bs. You're wearing some sweaty Zs. Yeah. So. <laughs> they call me a superstar. <laughs> I love nice. it. I love it. So just remember, I'm working marks and breaking hearts. Mm-hmm. Any other catchphrases you want to shoot us? Oh, please, no. It's all oh, shit. Oh, um, no, I'm, yeah. I'm good. Anthony. Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Thank Hashtag you. Uh, revolution. <laughs> Twenty one <laughs> and over. <laughs> Bro, Chacho. Uh, Bro, Chacho. Um, well, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks a bunch. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks both of you. Oh, yeah. I just, uh, you know, two of my best friends here. Just really <laughs> happy. <laughs> well, I'm Mike Pava. I'm over and I'm JC. And this is Ben. And and and, and, yep. and this is this is AG. You suck.
<laughs> and this has been Match of the Night. <laughs> Best Hand Show. Five Star Classic. Three Way Theater. Best in Show. Big stuff. He's trying to get out of the chair. Right oh no! <laughs> he has gummy tummy. Oh, gummy tummies. Yeah.